the blast from our past network. Hi, I'm Patricia Tallman from Night of the Living Dead, or maybe Babylon 5 is your thing if you're a sci-fi nut. And I am here with Zach and Corey with Podcasting After Dark. Give us a listen. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, Night of the Living Dead, starring Tony Todd, Patricia Tallman, and Tom Towles. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another shambling episode of Podcasting After Dark. I'm one half of the pad team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Stevenson. Joined with me, as always, is Zach, the total snackage Schaefer. What's up, my man? Um, I just have to say, it's safer down here. <laughs> you be the boss down there, I'll be the boss up here. Jesus, so much screaming. Hopefully, uh, I will. I promise everyone listening, I will not be screaming in this episode or crying incessantly. I will not be doing that. You're not going to pull a Judy Rose and uh, just scream for half of the movie? Scream and cry just for, for no reason all the whole time. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, uh, I have two meat tenderizers in my kitchen. <laughs> what? Just saying. Um, I'm happy to be here. Happy to happy to trip down memory lane with a little N O T L D. There you go. Yeah, do the uh, do the acronym right. N O T L D. Nineteen ninety. Not old ninety. Not old ninety. So we are tackling Night of the Living Dead, the nineteen ninety remake. This is uh, my pick. For the month, uh, for for this is October. If you're listening to this out of order or whatever, or later on, this is October, and this is a, a Halloween pick for me. And it's also happens to be a movie that I watch every October, and it's also a movie I can't even say I love it. It's a movie that I adore, and I'm just gonna jump into it, and then I'll I'll let you tell us your 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 backstory with it. But Luke and I saw this in the theater. When it first came out, opening weekend in 1990, I, I'm guessing we were 12 and a half years old. Wow, what a great time to be alive, right? Like the two little freaking blonde sure. kids in the, the Blob remake, you know, just seeing horror movies when we were 12 years old. And uh, so we saw this at our local theater at Only Nine, which is, of course, where Sean Whalen used to frequent as well. Uh, Sean Whalen, a.k.a. Roach from The People Under the Stairs. And I was talking to Luke today, and I was like, you know, just kind of going down memory lane with it. And he was like, yeah, man, we saw it opening weekend. And I was like, and then once it hit VHS, it was heavy in our rotation. He was like, oh, yeah. Oh, we love that movie as a kid. And I never stopped loving it. I'd say there's probably about a 10 or 15-year period where I stopped watching maybe in college or something like that. But I got back into it in my early 30s, and it's been in the rotation ever since. Uh, I used to just watch the DVD. I still have my DVD of it. But, you know, we upgraded it to Blu-ray for, for this, and I sent Zach a copy as well. I'm not going to lie. The Blu-ray looks decent, but it's not the yeah. not the best thing ever. You know, definitely could have needs it definitely needs like an Arrow release or something. But um, For sure. So 
this this is my Night of the Living Dead, guys. This is this is my Night of the Living Dead. I've seen the original. I've seen the 1969 black and white version. I've seen that quite a few times. This is my Night of the Living Dead. This is in my top three favorite zombie movies that include Day of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, and this, with an honorable mention to Land of the Dead. And this movie scared the crap out of me, but at the same time fascinated me to no end when I saw this as a kid. Just equal parts, terrifying and fascinating. And I had, and still do, have the hugest, hugest crush on Patricia Tallman. It just it's lasted me since I was 12 years old. I still am just in love with her, and I'm in love with this movie. And that you know, spoil alert. <laughs> so, no bias here. Then. No, no bias here at all. This is why I have 18 pages of notes. I have a lot of dialogue here. Um, and before Zach jumps into his experience with the film, I just want to say that we're both aware of all the stuff behind the scenes with the movie we're both aware of like what could have been what tom savini tried to do um yada 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 i mean tomes are written on on this thing we are going to discuss what's there we're going to discuss what's on the screen we're not going to discuss what was cut we're not going to discuss what could have been we're going to discuss what's on screen what's on the blu-ray what's available to you so that being said zach what is your experience with night of the living dead 1990 remake Similar to yours, I saw it when it first came out in the theater, opening night, probably at Meridian Quad in San Jose, for those Bay Area people that know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I think I was equally juiced to to, to see it, and uh, Fangoria had hyped it up incessantly. I think the they did like a magazine cover of the, the odd boy that ends up getting shot in the head, like the, the half-naked... Uh, bald kid or whatever he is. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. In, in like you know, twenty or thirty minutes into the movie, um, yeah. And I watched it quite a few times since then. Not not nearly as much as you. And my love for it doesn't not run as deep as your love. But I get why you love it as much as you do. Um, you know, if we're going in order of favorite of favorite uh, Romero zombie movies, I would go Day, Dawn, Night. And then um, this one, oh. and then <laughs> Land of the Dead, if I have to. Um, I don't dislike it. I just I haven't watched it in a long time, and I would watch it again. Definitely would watch it again. Uh, I'd probably throw the remake. I'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm still going to throw the remake of Dawn of the Dead in there uh, <laughs> yeah. as my top Romero movie uh, that you know that he begrudgingly probably signed off on yeah no that very limited history overall but obviously you know the birth of uh of the legendary tony todd and uh, you know so much to love in this movie so much to watch look back on and go man that was annoying but it doesn't <laughs> ruin my love for the film yeah yeah and and annoying meaning all the screaming, uh, usually screaming coming and out. crying. Oh my god, <laughs> so much screaming and crying. Now we'll say one of the things that that I did love when I was younger, and I, I appreciate more now when I watch it, is how Tom Savini and the writers, you know, really tried to make the 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 female, you know, stand up and become strong. Now the interesting thing I was looking at, it was like, but they tend not to start strong, like Judy Rose and 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 also Barbara. They both like kind of start sort of like mousy or whatever, and then they step up to the role, and that's awesome. But at the same time, I feel like nowadays we see a lot more female characters who actually, you know, hit the ground running 
being a strong character. But I do believe that this movie opened up some doors to show that, hey, we can have, you know, a, an arc here. We can have a female stand up and and, and fight and, and actually be, you know, competent in this arena. And I'm saying that as a stark contrast to the original film where Barbara essentially at some point, I mean, she's just screams the entire time and then she goes catatonic and that's pretty much where she lives for the rest of the film until she dies. So having Barbara do this switch here, I think is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it's an obvious uh, nod to the original and and in a in a pretty blatant twist when it happens, and it's cool. It's definitely needed. Um, you know, I was thinking about that that there this was a time when female protagonists were kind of far and few between, and so you know Tom Savini or whomever decided made that decision was trying to make a statement, you know, and I, I applaud that and appreciate it. And it's cool. Yeah. A lot of social commentary going on in this film in, in a good way. And, uh, man, just in, in some of the, some of the performances are so strong. Yeah. Uh, and so well done and much, even though there's moments where I'm like, Oh man, you missed that punch or whatever. <laughs> that was a very awkward fight scene. But that being said, uh, it's the nineties. It's the nineties guys. And, but it is, was cool to watch it on like on Blu-ray after not seeing it for probably 20 years. I haven't seen this movie in probably about 20 years. So. Oh, nice. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad, uh, I was able to, to get that for you. you. Cause you didn't have a DVD copy or anything, huh? No, I don't think I did. I had the VHS, but I did not have the DVD. Yeah. I've, I've quadruple dipped i guess on, on this one and if there's ever an awesome you know arrow release or something down the road i will most assuredly dip again yeah, no doubt <laughs> no doubt dip it dip Double it dip. Yeah. so you want to dip into the cast and crew of this fine film yeah uh it kind of moves quickly because you know i think most of these people you already know but tony todd he's candy man it's candy man it's candy, candy man, man amongst it's many can- things it's candy man it's candy man yeah uh you know we we love tony todd yeah i'm trying to get him on the show he doesn't really do podcast interviews so uh but man the guy's phenomenal phenomenal he doesn't do them yet that's i was gonna say he doesn't do them yet and uh and patricia tallman who i'm i'm very much hoping that we get uh you know an interview with she was famously kind of like a a stunt person uh early on in in her career you can see her in army of darkness she was the old hag that kind of you know uh throws down the water and and ash has to fight her it's sort of the beginning of the movie not the one in the water but the one that's in the 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 harem area or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, yep. And then of course she's also famously was in Babylon five. And I believe, I know she did stunt work on Jurassic park and I believe the stunt work she did. I think it was the young, young girl. Uh, like when she falls through the, the raft or the, yeah. you know, the top part, no lands on the Raptor. That was an early case of like CGI in the face of the stunt person and swapping it with the face of the, the actor. And uh, oh, I, th- nice. I believe that was Patricia Tallman there as well. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Um, so this is probably her first movie she made and, uh, makes sense Yeah, that, that, you know, um, and it's cool that she did like stunt work and was acting at the same time, uh, both sides of the fence, I guess. <laughs> and then, um, uh, playing Harry Cooper is Tom Towles <sighs> and Tom Towles up until this point, I had known him from Henry portrait of a serial killer, phenomenal, excellent horror film, uh, thriller, if you will. And I don't know if we'll ever get to that 
that movie per se, but it is fantastic. And he plays Otis in that. Uh, he was in Fortress, which was a Stuart Gordon sci-fi flick with uh, Christopher Lambert. Great. I love that movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Great VHS uh, re-rental back in the day. Yeah, you always talk about Fortress, and I, I know I it's Fortress. yeah. I do want to rewatch it because I only ever watched it once on VHS. Yeah, and it's, I don't think it's even available on um, Blu-ray or DVD for that matter. It's really hard to track down. Damn. And you know, he was in House of Thousand Corpses. Uh, he he's one of Rob Zombie's boys. So Rob Zombie reuses every single actor in his movies, especially his wife, over and over and over and over and over yeah. and over and over again. But in the case of Tom Towles, I'm I'm happy, you know, that that he. I'm did, happy with that, you know, and and of course he did pass pass away in 2015, uh, unfortunately. Um, I always, I mean, forever and ever, he will always be Cooper to me. But I do also, I do also think of the Borrower. <laughs> Yeah, do you remember yeah. that movie? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, if it, yeah, the borrower and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. If you guys haven't seen those, go check out both of those. Yeah, yeah, really fun. Playing his wife, McKee Anderson, plays Helen Cooper. Uh, Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> she she's been in a bunch of different things. Chips, you know, nothing. Yeah, major. not very like not anything big for pad our pad audience. William Butler plays Tom, and with his fucking Pittsburgh Steelers hat on the entire movie. Hey, guys uh, and gals, by the way, Corey is a Ravens fan, so fuck the Steelers. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know why he's wearing the Pittsburgh well, hat, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, well, and if Terry's listening to this, you and him will have to have a duke it out well, match. T- Terry and I have already had many, many a conversations about yes. uh, Steelers versus Ravens. <laughs> and this, this guy's interesting. He's, he's done a lot of, like, uh, low-budge indie stuff, and... But he's he's a cool like I would have liked to see more of him because he's a really good actor. Yeah, I honestly um I always know him from this and, and looking through his IMDb, I kind of haven't really seen much else. And he's he like you said, he does a lot of low budget stuff, but he has been working just constantly. Uh up until yeah. like now, I think um he's actually doing something called Resonator Colon uh Miskatonic University. And I think it's like, you know, it's not tied in you know, all the way, but it's kind of like in the same universe as, as from beyond and the whole HP Lovecraft thing and everything. So I think it's, that's a full moon. That's a full moon, uh, production. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and actually, actually I saw that pop up. I went to go sort of check it out. And then I was like, Oh, like I saw his name and I was like, wait a minute. And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole. Cause I was like, wow, he's been <laughs> Tom from night of the living dead remix has been working. <laughs> but again, yeah. all I know him is, is from Tom and night of the living dead remake. You know, and, and say what you will about Rob Zombie, but uh, it's cool that he, I don't think he had um, William Butler in any of his movies, but just going back to Rob Zombie using some of these guys, it's cool that he has a love for these certain actors and wants to use them again and again in his movies. Um, just certain people, he probably should back off a little bit, <clears throat> in my opinion. Um, playing Judy Rose is Katie Finneran. 
Uh, man, she gets an award for screaming and crying more than anyone else. And most frizziest hair. I, I don't yes. think that the humidity, because I think they were filming in springtime in, uh, out there in PA in, in Pennsylvania. And boy, oh boy, was that humidity not kind to her hair. Uh, but she's also been working strong. Like she was in uh, that, that new movie Freaky that came out, uh, that sort of that body swap one, serial killer one. Yeah, I mean, she, well, she's probably, out of everybody in the cast, uh, next to Tony Todd, probably the most successful yeah. career-wise. Um, she's been on the TV show Brockmire. She's been on the TV show Bloodline. She's been on the Michael J. Fox show. Like, that's a pretty radical uh, run, yeah. if you think about it, because all those shows are very successful. Yeah. No, she's I, I again looking up her IMDb. I only ever know her, know her as Judy Rose from this movie, but Judy I'm Rose. I'm like completely impressed by by you know her her filmography right here. Yeah, I'm gonna skip over uh, one guy. <laughs> we'll get to him last because save the best for last, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Heather Mazur or Mazur plays Sarah Cooper, the young Sarah Cooper. Um, she was our age or my age at the time when she made this movie. Yeah, is my our age. Um, she's an adult now and she's working on shows like um pretty little liars and uh ncis los angeles and how to get like, away with murder yeah a lot of a lot of tv uh the the show with don Cheadle. oh yeah yeah i know what you mean how is it house of lies not house of lies it's something i know what you mean yeah house of lies okay yeah. Yeah, she. I mean, very successful uh, in in her adulthood. And not surprising, she's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, rounding out the cast, little little small role for him. Uh, but Bill Mosley yeah. plays Johnny. Johnny. Um, Bill Mosley. We all know who he is. We love him. He's uh, amazing. Uh, enough said. Yeah. Like, and in a fun, you know, fun little role, he, he, the iconic uh, brother of Barbara doing the, you know, the famous "They're coming to get you, Barbara." I, I absolutely perfect. I love Bill Mosley in in this movie. Makes me wonder too. His na- character's name is Otis in House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Makes me wonder if that was a nod to Tom Towles' Otis in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, I'm thinking it was. I, th- I think it probably was. was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And uh, director, obviously, Tom Savini. Make, <laughs> makeup extraordinaire. Uh, just, you know, freaking from dusk till dawn. You know, he was sex machine in that. And he did the you know, special effects in Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I mean, just Tom Savini, guys and gals. Famously for, you know, Friday 13th, part one, uh, The Burning. It's just he, he, everybody who listens to this show, I guarantee you, knows who Tom Savini is. Yeah, yeah, and obviously um, George Romero and John Russo uh, did the script for this film. And, and George Romero handpicked Tom Savini to direct it. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. And look, I love George Romero. Don't get me wrong. And you know I'm going to there's there's a bus. <laughs> yeah, I guess see where this is going. <laughs> he he's not he's got great creative ideas. He's not the best screenwriter. Like his his dialogue is like lukewarm. I mean, you and I have gone on record multiple times as much as we love the original Dawn of the Dead and how classic it is. We prefer the remake over it. And, you know, I, even as much as I love Day of the Dead, there's some questionable stuff in that. I am 100% with you. I don't think that's too far out of the realm of, 
of agreeance is that he's got great ideas. I just think sometimes he needs to work with somebody else to tighten up the dialogue and tighten some things up here and there. But he's he's an idea man, and that's what I love about George Romero. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the flip side of that is John Carpenter, who is an excellent writer, excellent director, and his thoughts really get conveyed on screen. George, like, I, and I've met both of these guys at Fangoria conventions back in the day. Both are cantankerous and kind of bitter in their own ways, and, and understandably so for some of the stuff they've gone through. But I don't know. I just It's just my personal vibe. I get the personal vibe that that George has kind of a specific vision and doesn't want to deviate from that. And that's cool. You got to, I respect that. I respect that. I just don't think he is like the penultimate when it comes to horror visionaries. I just don't. And And I know there are going to be some people that disagree with me and that's totally fine. Um, And we've also said the same thing about crazies. We, we both like the remake of the crazies better than the original. Man, there's like, Pretty much everybody's tried to remake all of his movies at one point, I think. Uh, except they should remake Night Riders because Night Riders could be done better as well. Well, so speaking of remake, just real quick, one of the sort of uh, um, catalysts for doing this, for, for doing the remake, is so that the people who worked on the original could actually make some money for it because famously, the original Night of the Living Dead had a different name. When they swapped the name from Night of the Flesh Eaters or whatever, they the studio didn't put the damn copyright on for Night of the Living Dead and right out of the gate, that thing was pirated and everything and it became a classic, but the, yeah. the creators never got crap from it. So half of it was just to kind of like, if they remake this, keep all the same kind of people, uh, Russo and, and Ramiro working on it and stuff. I think that also helped sort of go back and retroactively sort of help fix some of the copyrights in the past, but also try to just get them some money on, on the name and everything. And I think that's totally fair. That's totally cool. I respect that. I love it. Um, I think that's why the horror community and, 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 and everyone involved in it seems to overall kind of support each other, which is good. I love that. It's got such a great community, especially when you go to like the conventions and stuff. And there's, there's such a genuine mutual respect everyone has for each other. So yeah. that's cool. I dig that. Um, I was just going to point out one quick note that Menahem Golan, our our good canon, one of our go-go boys. Um, by the way, there is a new Blu-ray from MVD, the go-go boys. Uh, just got it and worth checking out because it's similar to the canon documentary that came out a few years prior, uh, but a little bit more extensive. And uh, some great clips as well. But Menahem Golan was one of the executive producers on this. Um, so, which is kind of funny. Yeah. It's like, you see his name pop up and you go, oh boy. Which which is funny or, because... oh boy. <laughs> depending on which way you lean. And it's funny because when I was younger, that, main, that name meant nothing to me. And now that I'm older, I, I get giddy. I'm the one that thinks, oh, I think this is going to be great because of his name, you know? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Now I see it. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. This is so cool. Yeah. Let's, let's dig into this. So, uh, so yeah, that pretty much rounds out the the, the overall principles. And uh, they're coming to get you, Corey. <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. The or... horny Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he say that to his sister? So weird. Anyways. Pencil erases, Corey. <laughs> good call. Good call. All right, buddy. You ready to dive into the breakdown of this? Let's do this. 
they came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in Stockton, California, have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state. Every shelter is becoming a trap. Are you sure we're going to be all right? Cooper, you got to help me out! And every road out... Don't stop no matter what happens. ...is just another dead end. They're coming right for us! George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. All right. Night of the Living Dead, 1990. We see a shot of a full moon rising in the darkness behind some trees as the credits roll. The title card, Night of the Living Dead, comes up. I like that it's off-centered. It's like to the left. Yeah, that's cool. And it's cool because the, this scene almost has a, has a black and white vibe to it at, right out of the gate. Kind of like a little bit of a bait and switch, you know, going into it, knowing that the original is black and white. We fade to black. While the screen is still black, we hear Bill Mosley say the famous lines, They're coming to get you, Barbara. Zach, you do one. I want to hear you do one. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming. Look up. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was Adam West. That is Adam West. <laughs> and then we hear Patricia Tallman say, stop it. We see Johnny Man. and Barbara driving down a dirt road uh, in vivid color. Barbara says, why do you have to be so mean? Hey, I'm your older brother. Mean and heartless is part of my job. He continues scaring her as they drive down the dirt road. Johnny says, what's the matter? You getting scared? You're still scared of her, aren't you? Johnny and Barbara arrive at the cemetery. Johnny asks, Why do we have to put ourselves through this charade? Barbara says, Because she was our mother. Can't you at least give her one day out of your life? Johnny says this is the fourth time they've been up there in three months since she died. I'm spending more time with her now than when she was alive. They continue to argue about their mother until they get to the grave. As they are pulling up, Barbara says, show some respect. And Johnny says, you really are afraid of this place. (laughs) As they get out of the car, we see Barbara and Johnny for the first time. And Johnny again starts saying, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Barbara walks quickly towards the grave as Johnny keeps mocking her and says, They're horny, Barbara. They've been dead a long time. (laughs) I always wonder, why did he say that to his sister? That was a little weird, right? Well, it is weird. I mean, I know he's mocking her, but like, I don't know. I wouldn't say like a creature coming from my sister is horny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay, it's not just me, right? It's just kind of weird? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't say that to your sister. Yeah. They see an old man in a suit walking their way. And I love this bait and switch, by the way. Yes. He looks distraught. Johnny says, Look, there's one of them now. He's getting closer. Dangerously close. 
And Johnny grabs Barbara and kind of startles her. Barbara says, stop it, Johnny. He's going to hear you. And then we see the old man behind her getting closer. Johnny from behind the grave says, it doesn't matter. There's no escape. And then he grabs, he uses his own hand and kind of grabs himself. And he screams, no, mother. (laughs) And by the way, the way he delivers that line, I say it probably in my head at least once a week. I'm not fucking kidding you. Just randomly. If I hear the word mother, I will literally say, no, mother. When you're taking it down? Yeah, sometimes, you know. (laughs) Uh, Barbara says, you bastard. And Johnny kind of stands up and he's laughing. But just then the old man lunges at her and, and she screams. The old man says he's sorry, and I love this too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I feel bad for the old man because clearly <laughs> me and my me and Luke, we kinda like had it kind of joked, kinda had it in our head that he thought he started the entire thing. Like he thought the whole thing was his fault. And he's just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all gonna die. Yeah, yeah. The good one. Good call back to Friday thirteenth. No. Oh. Which one? I was thinking of Poltergeist 2. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Yeah, you, good call. Good call. You're I mean, right. I was thinking of Friday, Friday 13th. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Got a yes and you. Got a yes and you. Hey, yes, of course. Got it. Yeah, that's uh, Improv 101. Right. Come on. Get it together, Shafe. Johnny says to the old man, is there something we can do to help? He looks at back at Barbara and says, that's weird, huh? And then all of a sudden, a zombie pushes Johnny aside and attacks Barbara. The zombie skin is yellow and his eye is all fucked up. And you realize now you're like, oh shit, now this is what zombies look like. Because the bait and switch is the other old guy is kind of like what the original Night of the Living Dead zombies looked like. Yep. Great bait and switch. Something I didn't understand what, what Tom Savini was doing when I was 12 years old, but I completely appreciate now. And this zombie is a great like centerpiece zombie to start the movie off. Oh, yeah. The zombie crawls onto Barbara, attacking her and trying to bite her. Johnny rushes to her aid, but Barbara kicks him by accident as she tries to kick the zombie off. Johnny climbs back on the zombie to help Barbara, but she stabs Johnny's hand with like a metal flower holder that she had instead of the zombie. Barbara is able to break free of the ghoul and get some distance while Johnny wrestles it again. During the tussle, Johnny and the zombie get to their feet, but Johnny trips and they both fall over. We see a gnarly shot of Johnny hitting his head and neck on a tombstone and getting killed. Barbara screams, Johnny! Then, then stabs the zombie with the same metal flower holder and then runs for the car with it, with the zombie in hot pursuit. Uh, and another great, you know, uh, upgrade from the original is Johnny's death. Yeah, when his head hits the, uh, the, it's such a shocking moment when his head hits the concrete. And, and whatever you. The, the, the headstone or what? Yeah. Headstone. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 and his head bounces. It's clearly a rubber, uh, you know, a mannequin, but uh, it's it's very effective. It's hilarious. It's hilarious and shocking at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause especially because his neck does that weird bend and you're just like, bend oh, thing. gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Barbara runs to an open hearst screaming for help, but no one is inside. She looks at the at the open casket next to it, and then we see the zombie that killed Johnny still walking towards her in the distance. Barbara runs to her car and gets in. Just then, this is one of my favorite gags in the entire movie. Yeah, it's great. Just then, she sees a guy in a suit walking towards her, and she yells for help. But just then, 
as the guy gets closer to her, we see his hairy ass from the back of his suit because it's cut straight down the middle like a like a you know like a hospital gown. But this is how the this is how coroners and, and and funeral people put the suits on the dead bodies, and we realize yeah. that he's a dead guy as he essentially walks out of his suit as he's stepping on it. It goes down and reveals the the like the coroner wound on his chest you know like the suture wound or whatever the where they crack the chest open and yeah. this is just this is awesome and real quick i gotta throw in uh i forgot that gentleman's name but he was a body performer teacher so he was also on set helping uh the zombies especially a lot of the key zombies how they're supposed to act and everything and so that was his job and then this little shot wasn't actually in the the script they kind of added it on the fly and i think it's one of the best moments in the movie it's hilarious and it's disgusting because you especially in hd you see his hairy a-hole <laughs> yeah just disgusting. He's so hairy. He's so hairy. <laughs> and he's got those like red spots, you know, where there's like ingrown hairs from where he's sitting down and stuff. And I, yeah. I mean, he, I, he's an actor. I feel bad for him. We're critiquing his ass. Literally, Oof. we're critiquing his ass. Well, he's the one that showed it on screen. So <laughs> yes, he is. You know? Yeah, he knew so what he was doing. <laughs> you you put it out there. You're you're welcoming yourself up to that kind of criticism. You know, tack this on to our never-ending conversation about how. There's essentially no more character actors nowadays because every single actor is perfectly groomed, perfect yeah. teeth, no unibrow, you know, like everything. We always talk about Rails back and his fucking unibrow. But right. you know if this movie was made now, even if it was the most average, normal actor, like not a Chris Pratt playing this guy's role, his ass and legs would still be waxed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like perfectly groomed. And I, God bless this 1990s man for having to, for showing his hairy ass on screen. Yeah, good, good on him for showing his pimply hairy ass. His pimply. It's all sweaty and it's got like wet marks on it. And it's fucking burned into my 12 year old brain. <laughs> that ass sweat God. dripping. Yeah, because you know he's like under the lights, you know, he was sitting down, you know, he's probably nervous. Oh my god, he probably has swamp ass and it's right there out in the open. Oof. <laughs> Someone had to get in there with the camera. I know. It's, well, it's Tom Savini. <laughs> get yeah. down there, Tom. Uh so Barbara sees this. She rolls up the car windows as both zombies reach her and try to break in. She tries to start the car but doesn't have the keys, so she screams and opens the glove compartment. The zombie that killed Johnny takes a brick and breaks the glass and grabs Barbara. But she pulls the emergency brake by accident and the car rolls down car rolls back down a hill and hits a tree. That looks painful, by the way. Yeah. It hit hard. Yeah, it definitely did. And apparently that was Tom Savini's first car, and it pained him greatly to to destroy it like that. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. But her screaming is like it started and I'm like, oh please stop. Please stop. Yeah, so right here, both um, Barbara and Judy Rose kind of, I would say, have the same trajectory, meaning they start screaming, but then slowly start to come into their own or have a moment that sort of, you know, pushes them to break through that, and then they become awesome characters. But right yes. now, she's kind of annoying. Barbara's kind of annoying. Yeah. But that's the it point. Takes a minute. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it totally is the point. But I agree with you. The screaming is pretty bad. So after that brutal hit, she recovers pretty quickly from it. <laughs> uh, she She's sees, tough. She is. She te she sees the two zombies coming over the hill towards her. So she leaves the car and runs through the woods until she finds an old farmhouse and runs to it. 
Barbara runs to the front door and bangs on it and yells hello, but gets no answer. She tries the door, but it's locked, so she runs to the back kitchen door and finds it open. She goes inside the house. Barbara walks into the kitchen and yells hello again. No response. She turns the stove off because she sees food burning in a pot. She cautiously walks further into the house and yells hello for the third time. As she's looking around the first floor, a drop of blood hits her. She looks up and sees a pool of blood on the ceiling, which is the floor of the second floor. It's a two-story farmhouse. Right next to the pool, she sees a hand dangling over the balcony by the stairs. It slowly moves forward and then falls on her because it's actually a severed hand. And a good-looking severed hand outwardly, but then when it hits, it seems very rubbery. I think they should have put... Yeah, like, it's a good sculpt, and and, and it looks good until you touch it and move it. And I think it should have had, like, maybe, like, a, a metal armature inside or something, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, they could they, they could have made it... Especially with Tom Savini, and like you got, you get, you would think that the special effects are going to be top notch. Yeah, when it comes to the bodies, the dead bodies, sometimes you're like, well, it's okay. Yeah, and to note, Tom Savini did not do the effects for this, although he did design a lot of it and be like, here, I want it to look like this. But he had a team uh, under him, you know, and everything. You probably fired that guy. <laughs> the, the hand guy. The hand guy. <laughs> but, but I'm more of a foot guy. I'm not a hand guy. I had two great feet and you had me do a hand. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if, like, your job was, like, the hand guy? Actually, I guess it is. Like, when you think about it, back in the 80s, uh, one guy was, like, known for doing all the electricity in, in movies. Like, you know, the lightning bolts shooting out of Palpatine's hand and everything. Yeah. Like, like one guy did all of them for all the movies. It was just, like, his thing. He was just really good at doing lightning. Talk about a specialized field. What do you do? I specialize in hairy asses. <laughs> that was... That was that one guy's fucking speciality. I've been out of a job for the past 10, 20 years. No one wants a hairy ass anymore. I just want to see Chris Pratt's waxed ass. Damn it. <laughs> my, my, where's Manuel Ferreira? What? Where's my pimply ass? I need my pimply ass up on screen. Because uh, I better go back to porn. <laughs> Barbara screams and falls down on her back. She looks up and sees a large human shape looming over the balcony. And then it breaks through the railing and falls down almost on top of her. Barbara screams and gets to her feet as the zombie slowly gets up as well. Barbara runs back to the kitchen to leave, but another zombie's walking through the door. Sobbing. The fat one, uh, sorry, the large one reminded me of uh, the one from uh, Zombie. Yes. Yes, the yes. one at the yes, the one that uh, in the beginning yes. that comes in the boat, right? Yes. 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 I, I feel think, like there's nods throughout this to, like, other zombie movies. Yeah. And I think that zombie, the one... And then I think in... Uh, I feel like the one in Shaun of the Dead, there was a heavy one in that that was probably yes. a nod to the uh, to the zombie probably. one as well. And I think the zombie one was a nod to, like, Tor, you know? Uh, the, the, yes. the actor. It's just, yeah, there's so many nods to everything. <laughs> now, now I have the theme song for a zombie. <laughs> That's one of the movies that that's one of the reasons why Zach and I are are discussing getting uh region free 
Blu-ray player so we can actually start getting some like Arrow films from the UK and everything. And one of them I want to do is is Zombie, aka Zombie what, Flesh Eaters, whatever the hell it's called over there. But I'm dying to do it. But the, the freaking Blue Underground disc is just so expensive here in the U.S. It's really good though. I know, I know. But I lo- and I love that movie too. I, I but boy oh boy. <laughs> And that was a Goblin soundtrack too, wasn't it? Yes, I have it on vinyl. Vinyl, on vinyl. vinyl. Crystal, do you have this one on vinyl too? Vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, Lee, do you have this on vinyl? <laughs> vinyl. <laughs> hey everybody, co-host Corey here, throwing on my editor's cap real quick. So Zach and I just said that Goblin did the score for Fulci's Zombie. And later in the episode, towards the end of the episode, we realized that was a mistake and it was Fabio Frizi. But you're going to hear throughout the episode us referring to the soundtrack by Goblin. And we apologize for that. And I wanted to just come right up front and say that, you know, we know we made a mistake. Don't don't crucify us. (laughs) So uh, anyways, uh, we do correct it later, but it's literally towards the end of the episode. So, yeah, I didn't want anyone just going crazy listening. So. Fabio Frizi is the one that did uh, Fulci Zombie, not Goblin. And now, back to the show. Sobbing, Barbara unlocks the front door and runs. <laughs> Can I just recreate this? You have me do uh, Bill, Mo- Bill Mosley's lines. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sa- save your voice for Judy Rose. I'm going to have you do all the Judy Rose screaming. You are going to be hoarse by the end of this episode. Just saying, my kitchen has two meat tenderizers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll get to that later. So she runs so she runs outside the front door. She sees another zombie with a big old freaking forehead. That dude's got a five head right there. You no, know, I, I was like convinced. I'm like, oh, he's going to get his head chopped off, but no. It, there's so much real estate up there, you know what like, I mean? Oh, that's your normal head. <laughs> it looks great on you. Looks good on you. I think that was probably just the way the guy looked. <laughs> That's horrible. But I even as a kid, I was like, man, that dude's got a big fucking forehead. Uh, so he's like kind of walking up the, sh- the gravel road. But then she kind of sees behind him and there's a pickup truck speeding down the driveway towards the zombie. The truck hits it and then parks in front of the house. And it's a good solid hit when when uh, a good effect when they did that. For sure. Ben, played by Tony Todd. Gets out of the truck with a crowbar in hand. He looks at Barbara and asks if if anyone else is inside. Barbara doesn't answer. He asks if they have any guns in the house, but she cries and says she doesn't know. She starts... (laughs) (laughs) She starts sobbing, and Ben shakes her, saying, Come on! No, he says, he goes, he says, Hey! Hey! Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, dude. Speak, motherfucker, speak. Speak, goddammit. Speak your words. Uh, but like, it, hey, come on, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, he looks back and sees another zombie approaching from behind the one he just ran over. Ben kind of drags Barbara back into the house while she's screaming no. And I do like wow. when he, he gets in, you know, his back is to the inside of the house and he's closing the door. I like that she's like looking around him trying to see where the, the big fat zombie went to. I would have had her say a little more. Just come on. Just come on. Come on. Just, just uh, 
more than no. <laughs> yeah. Like like there's no danger in the house. <laughs> yeah. Bad 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 man. Talk like Nell at least. <laughs> bad man. Are you right? Is that a Jodie Foster movie? Yeah. Oh Tie in the way. I have Christ. Nell? Really? Are we dropping Nell on this one? <laughs> yeah. Wait wait till I get to Summer's B, yo. <laughs> Summer's B's the shit with Richard Gere. <laughs> I love you, Summer's B. I love you so much. <laughs> I know you do. I know. I'm Richard Gere. I don't even know what's going on. All right, so uh, Richard Gere's hairless too, by the way. Of so course he's he part is part of the hairless club. But I mean, he's he's like a sex symbol. He's a star. This guy. I think he's naturally hairless. Oh well, so am I. So I get that. I understand that. Yeah. Well, except for my legs. My legs are as hairy as that zombie in the suit that he walks out of. Except my leg hair is blonde, not like a black tangled web of spider webs and dingleberries. <laughs> and dingleberries. So Barbara's kind of like looking around, you know, she doesn't see the zombie, which is kind of cool. Ben then drags Barbara into the dining room and he sees the zombie coming out of the kitchen. He runs up to it and kicks it in the chest and it flies back into the kitchen. (laughs) Did you like that drop kick that he did? Yeah, I'm like... (laughs) pretty ridiculous i mean well, wait wait until wait until we get to his like his his batman backhands in uh later when he's fighting the horde and everything yeah yes yeah. honestly right, I, i'm not gonna make fun of the special effects i think they're awesome but but even when i was a kid i never thought that the fight choreography in this movie was that strong yeah it, i mean if this movie got made again they it would have much better yeah it's a little awkward. Yeah. No, it is. It's, but it's fun. It's fun to watch. You're like, oh, that was awkward. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and Tony Todd, he's selling it and everything. And the dude is huge. You know what I mean? So when he drop kicks that guy, you know, his big old leg is sticking out there. But again, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, it's not, it's not an action scene. It's not like John Wick or something. No, no. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Nowadays, they would fucking have some kind of John Wick thing where you'd like break the zombie's arm and then do something crazy. Some kind of parkour, not parkour, but Krav Maga or something. I don't know. Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Do you like how I rolled over Krav Maga? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new In one. In our house, when uh, instead of saying, oh, my God, we go, Krav Maga. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. And then instead of saying, uh, you know what I mean, we'll go, Noam Chomsky. No, Noam Chomsky. <laughs> I like Same. I like this. Those are good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Noam Chomsky. <laughs> uh, so he kicks it flying back into the kitchen, and then I love it when he Whee! takes the the pan and kind of like throws the food that's on the pan, you know, <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, hilarious because the food just like goes <laughs> <laughs> like hits against the wall, and then he just like whack, just fucking whacks the motherfucker right yeah, across that. the face. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's a good one. And he uh, he kind of. You know, sending them sort of uh, out the kitchen door a little bit. He tries to close the door, but its legs are kind of stopping it, uh, or stopping Ben from closing the door. In the den, Barbara grabs a fire poker and looks for her zombie. As she does, we see the zombie slowly and quietly approach her from behind. That's a cool shot. I feel like that's something you don't see anymore in zombie movies, like them actually quietly creeping up on you. Nowadays, they just all run and everything, you know? Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, I understand what Romero was saying with zombies should move slow. But it's like, how can we make it the only the with that claustrophobic, overwhelming feeling towards the end of the movie when they all pile on you? Yeah. Like in uh, One Dark Night. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's when they get you. 
But when they're single alone like that, yeah, they've got to, what can you do to create that tension? Well, they've got to be silent, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you're in a closed space or something like that. But yep. yeah, and but I think this was this shot, you know, was handled really well um, as it's sort of approaching behind her. Um, in the kitchen, Ben is still wrestling to get his zombie out the door, but it's struggling too much. Back in the den, Barbara senses the zombie right behind her at the last second and swings and hits it with her poker. <laughs> and she keeps hitting him. In the kit in the kitchen, Ben says "fuck it" and brings the zombie back inside. Then plunges his crowbar into its head, killing it and breaking the door window behind its head. In the den, Barbara finally lands a crushing blow right on top of the zombie's head. Back in the kitchen, Ben rolls his zombie body out and closes the door. Barbara enters the room and startles Ben, and he but he looks past her and sees the dead body on the floor and asks, "Who is he? Do you know him?" Barbara is trembling. Ben says, it's all right. You did what you had to do. Do you know any of them? Barbara kind of nods no. Ben says, this isn't your house. He takes off his jacket and puts it on her and says, Talk to me, girl. Do you have a car? Huh? Hey! 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 (laughs) He doesn't say (laughs) Hey! 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 Barbara is able to rumble a no. Ben pulls her close and hugs her. Then they hear thumping coming from the front door. Ben says they're not strong enough to break through the door, but they can get through the window glass. He grabs his crowbar and walks to the door and sees the handle turn a little. That's, by the way, that's one of my sort of favorite tropes is when you just see the the door handle kind of wiggle or kind of move. Yeah. I love that shit, dude. Yeah, me too. Scary as shit. Yeah. No, you're right. It's fucking zombie. Yeah. Too, too bad no one got their freaking uh, a, a giant splinter in their eye in this movie. Oh, but there were a couple moments in this where I'm like, man, they should have showed like shoving a zombie's head through a piece of wood or something like that. Yeah. But the, 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 the gore is tame. It is like PG thirteen tame. It actually, it actually is pretty tame, and it's really tame. You can see the the DVD and, and the Blu Ray has like you can in the making of they'll show some shots and everything what they what they lost, and then I think famously like they don't have them anymore or whatever. But I'm gonna tell you the god honest truth. In my opinion, we're just Corey, just from Corey's point of view. I love it the way it is. I've seen what I've seen of the head exploding of of the extra gore, and I don't personally feel like it adds anything to it. But that's just me being completely in love with this movie. So I understand if people do want to see the quote-unquote more correct version. You, you don't. I mean, say what you will about Walking Dead, but Walking Dead took that, made it gory, and there you have it with Walking Dead. Yeah. So watch the first couple of seasons of that when it was good. I mean, walking. The only, my favorite thing about Walking Dead was the awesome zombies and the awesome zombie kills. That was yeah. probably, for me, the best yeah. part. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> and I, this this jump scare kind of always gets me for some reason. But uh, so Ben kind of sort of looks out the window and then boom, a zombie's face lands on the window and kind of slides down. It's, it's like it's scary. And then it's kind of funny because it does the screech yeah. you know, as his yeah. face goes down. Uh, ben opens the door and goes outside. The zombie is crawling towards him on the porch. He looks and sees the one he hit is still alive, but it can't you know, walk or crawl because its back is broken, which is another awesome effect. 
the porch zombie stands up and Ben hits it in the head with the crowbar, sending it over the porch railing. Then he walks down to the broken zombie and sinks his crowbar into its head, and then it yells, I got to do this one because I, me and my buddy Alex, we uh, became friends through two movies, Muppets Christmas Carol. I was in class, and somebody, he was sitting next to me. I didn't know him at the time. And then someone in class, you know, the teacher said Marley, just an earworm. And, of course, under my breath, I go, Marley and Marley. And my buddy, or Alex, didn't know him at the time, looked over at me, goes, Muppets Christmas Carol? And I was like, yes. And then we became best friends from that moment. But another thing we did, we both love this movie. And another thing we always quote is, God damn you. God damn all of you. Just the, God the, 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 damn all of you. Just the way he says it after he plunges the, the, the crowbar in this zombie's head is just, man, what a, what a punctuation on a, on a great little scene. Oh, yeah, for sure. Barbara watches from the porch. Ben walks up to her, and I mean, I say, here, here's the funny thing. I say Ben walks up to her and guides her back into the house and closes and locks the front door. That's what I say. But Tony Todd is doing so much, like, compassionate acting on his face and everything. Like, you see why he is, why he's Tony Todd, like, why he's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really, really good. You know, he shows that the guy's great. And then this was one of his first movies he ever did, and it shows what what's soon to come and what he's capable of, and and just how much, how much like just emotion he can put into a, a scene, you know? Yeah. And yeah. In, it might not have even been on on paper. Just you know, he walks up to Barbara, but like here, you see it on his face. He's he's looking at her. You know, it's just it's masterfully done. Agreed. Ben walks up to her and guides her back into the house, and he locks the door. Uh, he then says, truck's on empty. We can't take the chance of running dry in the middle of nowhere. We'll hole up here. Hope that some help comes. My name's Ben. What's your name? She says, Barbara. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week, we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. By the way, did you know he was on Night Court? Shut the front door. My yeah. beloved Night Court? What was he, one, uh, just a random uh, person? I think so, yeah. 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 We'll never know because Night Court, for some reason, isn't streaming anywhere. And he was in Werewolf. 
And again, another show that Zach and I want to discuss on TV Obscura, but we can't get a hold of it because there's massive rights issues with that show. And he was on 21 Jump Street. All right, now you're just bragging. <laughs> but that show, is, it, you can't get a proper version of that either because they changed all the music. Yep. And, and I remember when I was one time uh, way back in the day, I, I was watching um, Married with Children on Crackle, which is Crackle is owned by Sony. And I think Sony owns Married with Children, but yet they couldn't play the Love and Marriage theme song and at the beginning. And I was like, well, this ruins everything. Yep. All right. Lame. You know, it's funny. We thought the streaming revolution would be amazing, but it's actually wrought with horror. Yep. We'll, we'll save that one for a wrap up after dark discussion. Like we have every month i think we touch on that topic every month david irons you guys we've got to talk about this (laughs) i love you guys great right ben says now look here barbara i don't need you falling apart on me you understand i see what you did over there i know you can fight when you have to well you have to now right now fight what you're thinking fight what you're feeling the fight will keep you strong Keep you thinking straight. What's happening? <laughs> ah. She does say what's happening, yeah. And Ben says he doesn't know. Nobody knows. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and guys and gals, I wrote a lot of dialogue for Ben because, again, this is a movie I quote a lot. I'm going to have Zach probably do some of it, but just for the sake of time, I'll probably do a bulk of it as well. But if I want to yeah. emphasize something, I'll have Zach do it. I want to scream like, Judy Rose, I'm trying to. I'm trying to save your voice, buddy. Do you do you have an audition tomorrow? I don't want to fucking blow out your vocal cords, okay? <laughs> and and I think you have to have uh, your hair frizzy in order to get that level of scream. And I need to be doing something while I'm crying, so I need <laughs> like to like, get some hammers and nails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, there's nothing worse than someone doing something while they're crying. <laughs> no, a few friends that have yeah cry and do something at the same time. It's weird. It's weird. Use their tears really as lubricant. <laughs> what are you crying for? Stop crying. Uh, Alex- doing dishes while you cry? What's wrong with that? <laughs> That's what I was referring to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm not gross. Outside, we see some shots of trees blowing in the wind and the sun setting. By the way, guys and gals, I love wind in movies. I think it's so ominous. Beep, beep. <laughs> hey, you like this car? I stole it. Bye. Beep, beep. <laughs> if you like wind, then uh, you're going to love a podcasting after dark future pick that we won't get till till next year because I gave Corey as like 20 Blu-rays from me sitting on a Yes, yes, I yes I do. I look over. Yes, I do. We pretty much Zach has all of next year covered as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a nice transition. Uh, the the it's getting darker out, and finally the moon is out. It's finally night of the living dead. God, so I, I love that soundtrack, dude. And I'm not a soundtrack guy. I'm not a vinyl guy. And uh, and even I know it. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, that might show up on Soundtrack Saturdays on $2 late fee. There you go. There you go. Check that shit out. Crossover. <laughs> uh, ben walks into the kitchen and looks outside through the broken door window. He turns on the kitchen light. He starts washing his hands as he says, radio in the truck. 
All I heard was trash talk. Same as always. People sound like they know what's going on. They don't know shit. By the way, guys and gals, he has two monologues here. I transcribed both of them. I will read both of them. I love both of them. And if I were an actor, these would be the monologues that I would do in class. Barbara's attempting to clean up the, the dead guy and severed hand in the den. Ben keeps talking. One guy saying it's escaped prisoners on the loose from up at Hennessy. Another guy saying it's some chemical spill making everyone go crazy. They don't know shit. Ben finds a toolbox under the kitchen sink and pulls it out. How do they explain a man walking around with his neck broken? A man shot full of holes and still coming at you. Assholes down in Evan City out for a good time with their guns and their six-pack. Assholes trying to round them up and put them in the back of trucks like they know what they're going to do with them. Ben walks into the den to examine the strength of the doors in the den. Barbara is wrapping up the dead guy in the rug on the floor. Ben says they had 10, 20 of them in the back of this panel truck. They open the door to let another one in. They come spilling out of there like bugs. Ben walks over and sees the rug with the body. And by the way, I like it. Uh, well, okay, example. Obviously, we all love uh, Quint telling the story, you know, in Jaws. I love stories being told in a movie. Yeah, me too. And what's your take on the like? Tony Todd's doing good stuff here while he's while he's talking and everything. It it keeps things going, but it also keeps your you engaged with his story. Yeah, and it fuels like what's going on and makes it. You know, this is the twist between the original and this one, which is cool. Just more kind of expository. More exposition? Yeah, more exposition. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, it's, it is a good twist. Yeah. And it plays into the, uh, you know, the ending, too, with encounters. Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Ben and Barbara take the body in the rug and toss it out the back kitchen door and onto the backyard. Barbara grabs a pair of boots off the back porch, and they hurry back inside. Uh, it should be noted that there's no zombies out there right now. Back in the kitchen, Barbara is cleaning the blood off of her face. Ben launches into another uh, monologue. I actually wrote that. <laughs> He's like, if you're not going to talk, then I am. <laughs> if you're not going to talk, I have a monologue right here. So settle, settle in, guys, because here we go. I was at a diner. Windows shot out. Lady next to me shot dead. Others, too. He walks over to the fireplace. I saw six or seven go down. Car explode outside. My car caught fire. It was like a war. Barbara sits next to him, puts on her boots. Some of these things made it inside the diner, started coming after us. Some good old boy comes chasing them. Mean son of a bitch. Got some kind of hot shit gun like an M16 or something. And he starts shooting. And then he does the worst gun mimic of all time. He goes like that. And I was like, what? Even as a kid, I was like, I don't think Tony Todd knows how to do like a machine gun sound. Like you would no. think like, like something like that. He just goes, yeah. What, what is, I don't know. He should have, he should have done this. Shooting them all down. <laughs> beep, beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> bullets, <laughs> bullets tearing up the place. Barbara listens intently. I saw one of those things take 30 shots and keep on coming. The damn thing had to be dead, but it kept on coming till it took a hit in the head. That brought it down. The only way to stop them, you got to get them in the head. Man, I'm, I'm not an actor. Guys and gals, <laughs> I'm terrible. Ben looks directly at Barbara and says, Look, I don't know what's going on, 
but I sure know it ain't no prison break. It ain't no kind of chemical I ever heard about can make a dead man walk. Well, trioxin maybe. This is something that nobody has ever heard about and nobody has ever seen before. This is hell on earth. This is pure hell on earth. And Ben stares into the fire. And man, I remember as a kid, I was just like, fuck. Like just riveted, but also terrified in the movie theater as I was watching this. A little nod to Dawn of the Dead a little bit, I yeah, think. I think so. Oh, I, I, I absolutely think so. Yeah. And we see some shots of the property at night. Uh, again, uh, one notable thing is that you can see the gas pump up by the barn, and then there's still, like, sort of no zombies there yet. Ben picks up the house phone, but hears a high-pitched noise. He says, doesn't take long for the world to fall apart, does it? Barbara is stoking a fire. Ben starts opening drawers and looking around. He sees bullets in a gun rack and says, there's got to be guns in the house. He goes to walk up the stairs and says, I'm going to look around. Barbara says, there's something up there and points at the blood. Ben cautiously ascends the staircase and discovers the owner of the severed hand. A guy slumped over with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Ben slowly takes the rifle away, or I don't know if it's a shotgun or a rifle, uh, away from the dead man. Rifle? It's a rifle, okay. He then starts looking through the rooms. And I thought this was, like, I thought the dead body looked really good here. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. And I I paused and I was, like, looking at stuff, and it's, like, good attention to detail because the hand was eaten off, and it's all bloody, but then there's, like, bloody fingerprints going up his arm. So they just really thought they were, like, okay, if he's going to bite it off, he's going to be holding on to the arm. I feel like sometimes they really think about how the wounds are, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, I will say, I'm, I'm not a fan of Walking Dead, but one of the things early on that I remember Greg Nicotero saying that I actually liked, he's like, a lot of times in, in, this, in the show, people are missing their lips because the idea was that they were trying to give the person CPR and the zombie came alive and basically ripped their lips off. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, that's, a, that's cool. I, I like Walking Dead. I like that. Good. Sure. <laughs> sure. Great. <laughs> up, until that, up until that fateful episode. Oh, my God. I, I haven't seen it since, like, season three. When fucking what's-his-face with the baseball bat. Oh, oh, yeah, Glenn. Yeah, I read the comics and everything. I, I like, Jesus Christ. That I tapped just... out way before that. Actually, that was the point I tapped out in the comic book, too. I think it was, like, issue 100. And I was like, nah, there's no happy ending to this. I'm, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Is that show still on anymore? I think it is. And I think, from what I see, it looks a bit more interesting to me now. Like, they're doing stuff, like, really different and everything from the comic and i'm like that's neat uh, or at least from what i understand from the comic but i'll never get into it and, and i heard fear the walking dead is pretty good too but again no that was terrible that show sucked it's got you mean it's gotten better it might have yeah from what i yeah might might have gotten better from what i hear but uh, oh so bad i saw the first couple episodes when it came out and i didn't like it either Hoofa. downstairs barbara has her back to the basement door and it slowly starts to open she turns around and screams, and Ben comes running back downstairs. Ben! Ben! Yeah, she does. Ben! She does. Ben, the two of us. The name Ben always makes me think of that movie, the rat movie. Yeah. yeah. Ben, the two of us. That's all I know. <laughs> is, wait, was is Ben, the two of us, from that movie? Yeah, Michael Jackson wrote it for that so, movie. Oh, so you were literally just singing that, and I, I didn't know that that's what that was from, but then I... I didn't even I didn't say that knowing that that's what you were singing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, great minds think alike, buddy. It sure do. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> <As> <laughs> Corey's dying, by the way. You killed me. 
As Ben rushes through the living room door, he runs right into Cooper, and Cooper falls down yelling, holding his arm. You wimp. Ben points his rifle at Cooper, but Tommy comes out of the basement with his arms raised. It's all right. Don't shoot. It's just us. Ben says, who the hell is us? Tommy says, Tom Bittner, sir. That's me. He puts the gun down, and a woman yells from the basement, Harry, what's going on? Tommy says, this here is Harry Cooper. That's his wife down in the cellar. They got a sick little girl there, too. My woman's down there, too. That's Judy Rose Larson. That's all of us. I think my acting's getting worse. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked over to Zach, and Zach was just like, "What? what is coming out of your mouth, dude? <laughs> That's Judy Rose Larson. My woman's down there, too. That's Judy Rose Larson. <laughs> Infinitely better than me. <laughs> Infinitely. That's all of us. If I knew we were going to go this route, I would have sent Zach, like, you know, the dialogue or something. We're literally just doing this on the fly, guys. And yeah. Gals. <laughs> for shits and giggles. Yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. And I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. Harry's, like, immediately a fucking asshole. Of course. Then they make, you know, the original one, the 68 one, he wasn't that much of an, he was a pain in the ass, but he wasn't like, you didn't, he wasn't evil. This one's just evil. Yeah. He's just he's just a and piece he's of really shit. really evil. Like you really like he, he really makes you like loathe him and you're like, "Dude, man, you could have made this you could have would have been such a nicer night if you weren't here." It would have been. Yeah, it's one of those nights that it just would have been a better fucking night if you weren't in it, Cooper. Yeah. I wonder he's I'm sure he's a drunk, right? And like and cuz he's drinking his beer, but you got to figure he's probably not getting enough of it or what. He's just he's he's just a drunk and he's on edge. He's a piece of shit too. Yeah, yeah. There's. No, I'm not gonna trust me. I'm not gonna defend him. You know, nothing to defend. No. Cooper turns and says, "Do you mind if we ask who the hell, just who the hell you are?" Ben says, "The girl's name's Barbara. I'm Ben." He's still sort of holding the gun at Cooper. Cooper says, "You damn near broke my arm here, Mister Ben." <laughs> And that's another thing uh, me and Alex would always do uh, in college. We'd say, Mr. Ben, because the way Cooper says it, it's not like Ben. It's And it's sort of like in between Ben and Bean. It's like, Mr. Ben. You're like, you're like I don't know, buddy. <laughs> you're on a whole other level right now. <laughs> Again, Mr. Ben. Mr. Ben. Guys and gals, I didn't. It's funny. Until I broke this movie down, I didn't realize just how much I knew the inflections, how much I how much I'd watched this movie back in the day. And it's like muscle memory. It sticks in my head. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know it. You know it. <laughs> Mr. Ben. Uh, OK, uh, Harry. Uh, Harry's wife keeps calling for him from the basement and Ben asks if he's going to answer her. Cooper says uh, they're all right, just some people up here. Ben asks if they heard all the noise up here and uh, they could have used some help. Cooper says, well, maybe you can see through walls, Mr. Ben, but I can't. <laughs> we heard some banging. Could have been one of those things for all we could tell. But Tommy jumps in and says, that ain't right. They heard Barbara calling out for them uh, for help, but they were scared. That's all. Want to know the truth? <laughs> We were scared to hell. Good one. Yeah, that's you. You nail Tommy, buddy. Ben asks Tom if he lives here. He says no. It's his uncle Reg's house. Him and his cousin Satchel. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Reg and Satchel. What is this? <laughs> Some fucking wrong turn shit, right? Uh, old Uncle Reg is dead though. Tom saw the body. He died today. Then he looks at Cooper and says, "That's the truth." Cooper says they should all go and talk in the cellar. Tom keeps telling them that him and Judy Rose didn't see anything on the way here. 
Cooper says he's heard it all before, but sent, but Ben says he hasn't heard it before. Tom says they weren't here more than 10 minutes before Cooper came bang, banging at the door. Ben asks Cooper how he got here, and he shoots back that his car's broken down on the interstate, and the kid here doesn't have one, if you can believe that. Cooper asks Ben the same thing. He says, truck outside, out of gas. Cooper says, gas? Evan City is five miles away. We can make five miles on fucking fumes. Ben says Evan City's a war zone. He's been there. All of a sudden, Tommy says there's a gas pump out by the barn, but Uncle Reed keeps it locked. Tommy doesn't know where the key is, but they can hunt for it. Cooper loses his temper and says, That is bullshit. If we're going to do something, let's do it. If we're going to bullshit, let's do it in the cellar where it's safe. Ben says he's not sure locking himself in the cellar is a smart move. Ben says, I'm not going downstairs until I know what all my options are. Cooper yells, what options? Who gave you the right to decide for the rest of us? Ben says, I'm thinking about my own ass. You want to go down in that cellar? Go. Nobody's stopping you. Cooper's wife yells from the cellar, what's going on? Cooper blows up at her and Ben says, you know, Cooper, I've only been around you for a minute or two, but that's enough for me to know I don't like you very much. I'm sure you feel the same way about me. So let's stay the hell out of each other's way. He looks back at Tom and says, what else you got to tell? I like how he kind of switches. He's like, so Tom, yeah. now what else do you have to say? Go on, Tom. What else you get to tell? But it is, I mean, I do like that there's this immediate conflict between Cooper and Ben. And moving forward into the story and knowing where it goes, I also find it interesting that, yes, we understand that Cooper is the antagonist and everything, and Ben is supposed to be the protagonist, but Ben is not right about everything. And Cooper is right about some stuff, like help does eventually come. If they hold themselves up in there, I think they could have barricaded that and been fine, you know, and stuff. Like, I like the fact that, like, Maybe. no one's quite right, do you know? Well, but uh, but Barbara brings them. That's true. I think. That's true. You know, if mm-hmm. it wasn't for Barbara, if it wasn't for Barbara escaping, um, they're both, you know— Cooper is just an asshole. Like he, he's just like a, he's, he's like a weaselly drunk. He doesn't want to involve himself in anything, but at the same time he's involving himself in everything, Yeah, you know? And it's so weird. It is to me. I'm like, dude, just go back down in the cellar and like, you know, you don't have to be up in this business. I, I get it. You want the door to be closed, which it will be very soon. Yeah. Thank the gods. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be down there for a little bit. Lame brains. You bunch of yo-yos. We'll get to that. Another thing that I quote. Tom goes on with his story. Him and Judy Rose let Cooper and his family in. They try to call for help, but the police, but the phone wasn't working. That's when Uncle Reege came walking out of the bedroom. Tom says he swears to God he was dead, but Cooper says he was not dead. He couldn't have been. You were wrong. You made a mistake. That's all. Tom looks at Ben and says, he was dead. I know he was. He says, that's when Uncle Reege went after his cousin Satchel. Ben says, Tom, I'm afraid your cousin is dead. And I always love how compassionate Ben is towards Tom. Yeah, I'm assuming like Tom's supposed to be younger. This guy looks like he's in his like late 20s, early 30s, but... I'm assuming he's supposed to be like a teenager. Yeah, or like in 1920, maybe at the latest 21. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Ben says, he says, Tom, I'm afraid your cousin is dead. Tom says, I know he's dead. He shot himself. 
Tom said he ran down here for the shotgun, but he couldn't imagine shooting Uncle Reege. That's when Tom told everyone to go into the cellar. That was my idea. And I like how even though Tom knows that they're fighting over the cellar, he owns up to the fact that it was his idea to try to defuse the situation a little bit. Yeah. Just then, Barbara says, look, and everyone goes to the window. Outside, you can see a couple zombies walking out of the woods. Cooper tells everyone to get into the cellar, but Ben says it's a death trap. These things don't have much strength, but you get a few of them together, and they might be able to break the door. We'd be cornered down there. Cooper says, a way out is a way in. Ben says they can board up all the windows. There's only a few of them now, but more may be coming later, and that cellar door won't hold. Barbara leaves while they're fighting and goes to the toolbox in the toolbox in the kitchen and gets a hammer. Cooper says that by the way, he is uh, wrong about that because the door pretty much does hold until the because they have to use a chainsaw to open it up. Yes, exactly. And yeah, maybe maybe not. Maybe they wouldn't have found them, but I think they would have been safe there again. That's the thing. Like Cooper's being a jerk. But it doesn't mean his ideas are wrong. And Ben is a good guy, but that doesn't mean that everything he says is correct. True. And that's life, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> and the more you know, right? The more or, you know. Or is that one to grow on? That would, that would probably be more, and that's one to grow on. One to grow on was from what? I feel like wasn't that this, like wasn't that also like it's just another service thing, like a, you know, the more you know or something. What was, yeah, was that from like? A cartoon that's one to grow on? Oh, no. Oh, no. We were both going for our phones. <laughs> now we got to know. So Paul, we're going to pause. Oh, so no. One to grow on was a TV show. It was just a TV show called One to Grow On. And it was like, you know, one of those like PBC type of shows. I think it was like a learning show or something. But yeah, it's called One to Grow On. Okay. Yeah. Early 80s, mm-hmm. I think late, late 70s or something. All right. Yeah. Cooper says they're wasting time, and Ben yells, I don't need this, Cooper. If you want to go downstairs, go. You can be the boss down there. I'm the boss up here. But say it with more gravitas, Zach. You can be the boss down there. I'm the boss up here. Nice. Why does it sound like OJ? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm scooting past it, buddy. I was scooting right past it. Cooper asks Tom what he's going to do. Tom runs to the cellar. See, there's this minor, you know, quick bait and switch. You think he's going to just go down there. And he yells for Judy Rose to come upstairs. They need her help. Comes Frizzy Rose. Comes Frizzy Rose. (laughs) No, no, dude. That was fucking awesome. Frizzy Rose. That's fucking perfect, bro. I mean, her hair is wild. Ladies and gentlemen, wild. Wild, baby. (laughs) Wow. Cooper yells, you're crazy. Judy Rose comes up the stairs and Tom tells her to uh, and Tom tells her to get the shelves from the kitchen. They're going to board up the windows. Cooper says, if I shut this door, I'm not opening it again until somebody comes who can get us out of here. And I love this. Ben says, somebody like that comes. We'll try to remember to call you. Thanks, OJ. OJ. (laughs) Cooper. (laughs) Cooper yells, idiots, you lame brains. You're going to die up here. Idiots, you lame brains. I say, when if I ever say lame brains or yo-yos, I am directly quoting this. You're going to die. Cooper closes and boards the cellar door. Cooper walks down into the basement, and we see his wife, Helen, sitting next to his daughter that's on a makeshift table that's made out of a door. Helen asks what's happening. Cooper says they decided to stay upstairs. 
When Helen asks, what about us? He says, it's safer in the basement. Upstairs, Ben, Barbara, Tom, and Judy are trying to find anything they can use to board up the windows and anything they can use to hammer because they only have one hammer. Ben tells them to get them up quick and dirty and they'll reinforce them later. Also, be on the lookout for any keys. Is this where your, your meat mallets or whatever comes into play? <laughs> meat tenderizers. Meat yeah, tenderizers. They, they, out of nowhere, I'm like, they got two meat tenderizers in that house? Really? You need Okay. Dude, sure. when, you, when you live in the country, baby, you need two meat tenderizers. I guess you do. Sure. That, okay. And it's funny because I don't cook, so I didn't even hone in on that. And then that's why you were saying, like, I got two meat tenderizers. I'm like, oh, okay. Doesn't, doesn't everybody? I don't know. Do we have one? I don't know. At one point, they, they, they both have uh, two of the characters that meet tenderizers, Judy Rose and I think Tom does. And I'm like, wait, what? And then they're using a wrench as a hammer at one point, which which makes sense. I will say, get them up dirty, get them up quick and dirty. It is funny because I'm like, you could still level it out a little bit. Some of those <laughs> doors are really ajar. And I'm like, come on. Come on now. Come on. It doesn't have to be level, but. Take some pride in your work there, guys. <laughs> oh God, this isn't Bob Vila, but shit. <laughs> shit. I'm Bob Vila. Welcome to this old house. <laughs> wow, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> so is that song. I remember that, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been better if it was... <laughs> Today we're going to put a new roof on this house. Doom. <laughs> oh look at that floor beautiful <laughs> and look at that wooden door perfect for creating a splinter to put through somebody's eye <laughs> oh, it's oh, so, so good. good it's so good i love it yeah in the basement helen keeps asking cooper questions but he's clearly getting pissed off at her helen says she's going up they need to get help for sarah Cooper grabs her and says, if you try, so help me. She yells, you what? Cooper says, there's no doctors upstairs and there's no way out of here. None of these yo-yos has a car. <laughs> Helen goes to check on Sarah, but she's pale. Her fever is getting worse. Cooper calms down a little and says he's, she's going to be all right. Somebody will come along and get them out of here. He goes back to yelling at the ceiling. <laughs> at the ceiling, just like, you know, shaking his fist. My only defense of Cooper is in his own way, I do believe he loves his daughter. I think he's a piece of shit. I do think he's a piece of shit. I think he's probably a horrible husband and a horrible dad. Well, I don't think he's as horrible of a dad as you can possibly be because I do think that he, the only thing that he probably really does actually care about in his life is, is his daughter. Okay. I feel like you have to give the character, you can't just be perfectly evil, you know? There has to be some sort of light there. Yeah, he's a very loathable dude, though. It does not excuse any of his actions. No. Upstairs, everyone is still hammering wood against the windows, as as Zach said, with meat mallets and shit. Uh, ben, no, I said meat tenderizer. Meat tenderizers. I don't meat even know what the mallet. fuck it's called. <laughs> meat mallet. Hey, are uh, you going in the closet to uh, play with your meat mallet? What? <laughs> no. I wouldn't do that ever. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> you gonna go in with your meat tender? Oh, sorry, meat tenderizer. Oh, oh, oh. Can I see a meat tenderizer? Excuse me, Woody Allen. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I can I see your meat mallet? <laughs> oh God, get get that piece of crap out of here. I'll I'll take Cooper. I'll take Cooper the character over Woody Allen the actual person uh, any day of the week. 
seriously, Woody would be like, oh, oh there's, there's zombies coming in the house. Why don't I take uh, 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 the little daughter and, and go up in the attic? There's a great train up there. I can show her. It, it, it would distract her from everything. No, you're a pervert. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 the worst. He's the wait wait. I worst. just want to no. And it's at that point that's when you pick him up by his pants and you throw him out the door <laughs> and he gets eaten. Throw, oh throw wait, him I out. just want to ow ow. I'm being eaten by zombies right now. Ow. <laughs> uh, Fucking so yeah. He's a scumbag. Yeah, he should be fed to zombies. Uh, ben brings the last of the big pieces, uh, uh, but it but it won't be enough. He asks Tom for help with the dining room table. Uh, they snap the legs off and put it up against a large window. Barbara looks out the window and sees her and sees how slow the zombies are. She says, they're so slow. We could just walk right past them. We wouldn't even have to run. If we were careful, we can get away. She looks at Ben. You told me to fight. Well, I'm fighting. I'm not panicking. This place is not safe, not upstairs or down. We should we should leave before it's too late, and she's a hundred percent correct. They should have ran when they had the chance. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. She's not wrong. A little, a little late. A little late on that. Ben kind of like dismisses her, and eventually yep. says uh, they should stick to the plan. Just then, Tom suggests using the doors inside, uh, and him and Ben are off on their mission. And of course, it's like, oh, we've got our mission to do, so now we're just going to forget about what you know Barbara suggests because we're men and we have to do our missions. I love when he's like, "We're going to put our guns down. We're going to leave our guns right here." Oh, when they go upstairs? Yeah. Like, why? I mean, it makes sense. That makes sense if they have to carry the. Well, no, it doesn't because if they have to carry. At first, I'm like, oh, it's because they got to carry doors down. But the g- rifle has a strap on, and he put it around his shoulder. So Strap on. <laughs> yeah. Just like when Barbara puts her uh, hot poker down on top of Uncle Regis Philbin's body. Yeah. Yeah, I never understood that. It's like, why? You don't, he doesn't need that. You're, you need a weapon, you know? It would have made sense if she went back to him and it was gone. And be like, wait, where the fuck are my car keys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I put them on the, on, in, in the little dish. I put the candy for the little children. Oh, God. What? He's dead. He's dead. We threw him out the window. Go yeah, away. Oh, keep, right. keep that piece of shit out of here, man. I'm <laughs> back. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Randy Cosby. Why Why do you always fall back into molesters? <laughs> why is that your fallback? <laughs> My childhood. Judy wa- <laughs> Judy Rose walks up to Barbara and looks out the window and starts yelling, Oh my God! Do you want to do that? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. It's like they had it on loop. I know. Ben and Tom bring a wooden door to the window, uh, and they're looking out just as a hand hits the glass. Everyone screams as they get the door up and hammered in place. Ben goes to grab another door while Tom tries to reinforce the table, but a zombie breaks through the window and Tom and Judy have to nail it up while Judy screams. And this is when she's like screaming and and nail and crying and just hammering. And yeah, nothing, there's nothing sillier looking than someone doing all of that at the exact same time. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, she's hysterical. And I get it. I know it's freaky and it's intense, but come on. Come on. Come on. Just, like, dial it back a little bit. But if you're that hysterical, there's no way that you're going to be able to, like, hammer. Exactly. You know what I mean? If she was whimpering and be like, hug, 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 
And if yeah. Tom was like, just breathe, baby, breathe, breathe, Judy Rose. If she's that hysterical, she should be like on the ground, you know, which she will be eventually, you know. Um, yeah. Ju- Judy Rose takes the longest sort of to come out of her shell and in- into her own. Because at this point, Barbara's fully like she's fully in-, in warrior mode at this point. But is this is this when uh, is this when Ben I wrote it down? He's like, it's all right. Come on. Keep nailing. Keep pounding. <laughs> I didn't write that dialogue down, but yeah, probably. I think this is it because uh, Ben goes. You never to- want to hear those <laughs> things all put in the same. It's all right. It's all right. Come on. Keep nailing. Keep pounding. <laughs> keep pounding. <laughs> no. If it's not, if you're. No. Ben goes to grab another door <laughs> while Tom tries to reinforce the table. But okay. But a zombie. I drew you a screaming. Outside, more zombies are appearing on the porch, and they're banging on the glass. As Ben and Tom try to put another door up, more zombies break through the glass, and they have to fight to nail it back up. Again, Judy Rose is screaming as she hammers. I I literally wrote that. Again, Judy Rose is screaming as she hammers. It's five minutes. Yeah. It's five minutes of her. She doesn't stop. She doesn't stop. I was watching this uh, during the day, and Kristen's like, what is this? I go, it's Night of the Living Dead. She goes, well, yeah, okay. That's it. Oh, okay. Well, oh, great story. <laughs> Fantastic story. <laughs> Top notch, my man. <laughs> hey, I just got out of jail. <laughs> Outside, I mean, it's just like a Rolodex of voices coming out of you. <laughs> oh, Outside, we see an old lady a zombie walking by. She hears the hammering in the house and turns and walks towards it. Fun little factoid. That lady is the lady that owned the house that they used. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think Tom Savini's like, hey, we'll put you in this little quick party. And she's like, yay. You know? No, he's probably like, look, look, we're going to pay you, right, for the house, to use the house. Or, hold on, hold on, hold on. Or, we're making a Hollywood movie. You could be in the movie on the big screen. Would you rather do that? Well, I really could use the money. No, but listen, I guess I get that. But here's the deal: you could be on the big screen in Hollywood. You gotta be famous. <gasps> did you say famous? Yep, I did. Okay, yeah, I won't charge you anything. <laughs> and, and then they destroy the house. Yes, and then the, she watches the movie and she's like, "Okay," and she brings her whole family. Right? This is my part. It's coming up. Mom, where were you? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're going home. <laughs> but our home's trashed. <laughs> Can I bring my popcorn? No. This Chinese man theater sucks. <laughs> it sounded like you said this Chinese man theater sucks. <laughs> Chinese man's theater sucks. Man's Chinese theater. Man's Chinese. Oh, yeah, Chinese man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. Guys and gals, we're recording no. this on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. One day off and the whole show is it's all off. <laughs> Uh, hey, put it in the park. Oh shit, the wheels fell off. Inside the steering wheel. Inside, Ben and Tom go upstairs to get more uh doors, but they leave their guns downstairs for I said for Judy Rose and Barbara. My takeaway was that they left them downstairs in case they needed them. Totally, totally. It, it, there's you can it yes, you can explain it, but still it's a little silly like wait, what? Yeah. No, I, I get what you're coming from. I would. I hey, would. We're going upstairs, he, ladies. Here's here's we're the funny leave thing. These is, things we call them guns. Uh, the funny thing is, I probably wouldn't have thought of that. I probably would have carried the gun upstairs with me. You know what I mean? Like that's probably what I, I would have done. Look, ladies, these guns. 
dangerous. Bad. Okay, ladies? Be careful. Don't hurt yourself with them. Okay? You gals. <laughs> you gals. Be safe. Go perm your hair. Patricia Tallman doesn't have a lot of hair in this movie, though. I'm sure she's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah, no, badass. We're not, yeah, we're not, we're, we're, yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, she's like, screw you, Ben and Tom, Mr. Ben. Uh, ben goes first uh, uh, and puts a blanket over Satchel's body so Tom doesn't have to see it. Barbara picks up the rifle and continues hammering. See, she's she's smart. She picks it up and puts it on her shoulder because, like you said, it's got a strap, and then she keeps hammering. Yep. Upstairs. Multitasking. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ben can't multitask. No, apparently. he cannot. Because he's upstairs. He's examining the door, and they look, like, new and flimsy. Tom says uh, Uncle Reege is fixing up the place. Ben says the doors are no good. And Tom's like, it's still a, you know, it's still a door, Ben. And he's and he punches his hand through it. It's like the shittiest fucking Ikea plywood you've ever seen. And Ben's like, no good. Every 17-year-old angsty teenage boy saw that scene and went, yeah, I did that to my door. Yeah. In a fit of rage. Yeah, right. Did you ever do that to your door? Um, My brother did. He did it to the wall. He did it to the door. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting when I asked that question, but uh, <laughs> that, that all makes sense. Moving along. Don't want to besmirch anybody. Moving along. Uh, <laughs> that tracks. In another room, they find a TV. They turn it on, and all they see is an emergency broadcast screen. Ben says, this must really be big. Tom says the station is 10 miles away, but Ben says it might as well be 100. Ben tells him to help get some of the lumber in the room downstairs when Tom remembers that the old doors are in the basement. I think this is when he says, I must be some kind of stupid. When Tom says, yeah, I yeah. must be some kind of stupid, that was, even as like even as a 12-year-old kid, I think I looked over at Luke and I was like, is that a phrase? Like, is that is that something people say? No, it's something stupid people say. <laughs> there you go. It's something Tom says. He'll be, Tom and Satchel. <laughs> By the way, did you ever rock that look where you put your baseball cap on, but like you had your bangs coming out? Did you, uh, you ever rock that look? No. Back in so the day? my my even though my hair looks pretty straight now, back at that age, if I grow my hair out, it's actually really curly. So I I've never really had my hair long uh, when I was younger. No. Instead yeah. of rocking that look, I shaved my head bald because of fucking Billy Zane and Demon Knight. And as a as a you know a 15, 14, 15 year old white boy, uh, a nerd, uh, everyone's like, "Oh, are you a skinhead?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's Demon Knight." Like because I was yeah, like, meanwhile, I was, you look like Michael Rappaport yeah, and uh, yeah, pretty, fucking higher yeah, learning. Yeah, but I was just, I was just a stupid <laughs> you know nerd. I didn't realize. I didn't. I never. Thought, I was. In, I was innocent. I never thought about fucking skinheads oh, and shit. I feel bad for you. We would. We would. We would have hanged. Oh, of course. Oh, of course we would have. We You're walking down the street, someone honks, Hey, Rappaport! And you're like, I'm Billy Zane. I'm Billy Zane, you. man. You rue the day. Viacon Diablos to you. <laughs> That's. A, by the way, whenever we uh, do that movie, I'll be quoting the shit out of that one as well. Okay, sure. Yeah, love that movie. Fucking love yeah. Demon Knight. Yeah, I love it. So Tom remembers all the, the you know, pieces, all the old... Um, uh, doors and everything are, are in the basement, of course, um, you know, down where Cooper is. 
Ben walks to the staircase and yells, heads up, before he drops the pieces of wood down on the floor. A awesome, great, like, scene transition. Cut to Cooper looking up, having dust fall in his, fall in his eye because that's where the, the wood hit. And he fucking, uh, this is where he fucking says the yo-yos things, but, uh, He's looking up, he gets dust in his eye, and as the wood hits the floor, Helen asks, what's happening upstairs? Cooper says they're going to board it up, but scoffs at the idea. He says um, the cellar is the only safe place. Just you watch. They're going to be begging me to let me in here before it's all over. Just then, Tom yells through the door that they have to get down there to get the doors for the windows. It's like a greedy landlord. Yeah. Wait, Tom or uh, or... Cooper. 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 Okay, Cooper. yeah. Yeah, Cooper's like, fuck you. Ben gets angry and grabs the rifle. He tells Cooper to open the door right now or he's going to blow a hole in it. Downstairs, Helen is asking Cooper what he hopes to accomplish, but Cooper tells her to shut up. She yells at Ben that they are going to open the door, but Cooper slaps her. Now that's a fucking bitch move on his part. And it's it's a really... He pulls it. Did you notice that? Like, he, you could tell he did not want to hit her. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it is a really awkward smack. It's like it's like he goes in for the smack, stops maybe a few inches before, and then goes. Well, given that, that we can tell that they didn't have the best fight choreographer on there, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Towles was like, I don't want to hit this lady. I don't want to fucking accidentally hit this lady. You know, the actress. Right. Who'd they, who'd they get to choreograph this? Jean-Claude Van Damme, look, <laughs> when you kick her, you want to do a split kick. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Tom Tal's doing a split kick. <laughs> look, it'll be good, just like I did to Billy Blanks. Didn't you kick his eyeball out in Cyborg? <laughs> yeah, but it was his fault. It was? And it should be noted that, that uh, Cooper is in a tuxedo that's like, uh, and, his, and his wife and daughter are kind of dressed yeah, up Yeah, they nice. were coming from a party or some shit. Some Clearly some kind of party or ball or something. Ben says he's going to count to three, then he's going to start shooting. That's one. Cooper looks at his wife and kid. What you going to do, Cooper? That's two. What you going to do, Cooper? That's two. Cooper finally walks up to the door and opens it. By the way, even when I was a kid, so the time it takes him to walk up to the door, I was always afraid that Ben was just going to shoot because it, by that point it would have been at number three. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah, I had forgotten. I was like, who does someone get killed or accidentally? Cause I, I thought it would have made sense. Nowadays they would do that. They would, the, the wife would be like, you know, she'd wrestle with the husband say, I'm opening the door and she'd run up to the stairs. And he says three blasts her blames him for the death of his wife. That's actually really fucking cool. And I agree that that's what probably would be done nowadays, but I actually kind of think that's really neat. Like that's, that's a cool idea right there. Yeah. Good job. And then Woody Allen comes out of the attic. And he's nope, like, nope, oh. nope, <laughs> nope. Fuck Woody Allen. We're not giving him any more fucking energy. I'm just saying, I fucking hate that piece of shit. I don't. I agree. Me too. <laughs> and then Roman Polanski comes out of the attic. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's all of the fucking evil Hollywood people. We're all just in the attic, rolling out one at a time. All the zombies are just the fucking evil molesters in Hollywood, essentially. I, I was well. I, the only reason they're at the top of my head right now is because the other day they all. Um, Something came out about a, a film maker allegedly doing something, and I'm like, yeah, but if it was Polanski, everybody'd be like, ooh, but the new Roman Polanski movie's great, ooh, the new Woody Allen movie's great, ooh, ooh. How we forget? Yep. 
Ben tells Cooper to leave the door open. They may need to get down there. Cooper says, you want the best of both worlds. You get caged in up here. You want to be able to run downstairs. That's not the way it works, pal. You want to put a, You want to get in the cellar and you get in there now or you forget it. Ben points the gun at Cooper and says, I'm not boxing myself in down here until there's absolutely no other choice. Cooper grabs the gun and pushes it aside, and I'm not gambling with my daughter's life. Rah, reverend. Rah, men yelling. Judy Rose walks out from around the corner and yells, If you're going to fight, then get out. This is our house. This is Tommy's house. You're all playing rooster with it. I'd like to know where you all be if we didn't let you in here. Where would you be if we kicked you the hell out? Tommy comes up from the basement with some doors and says, We won't kick anybody out. We won't do anything like that. Now, come on. Let's try and work together and get some of this shit done. Yeah. Voice of reason. He is. He's Tom's the voice of reason in this movie. Tom goes into the basement and Ben and Cooper follow him. Downstairs, Tom grabs more wood. Ben looks over and sees Sarah on the table. He says, You ought to keep her covered. Get some blankets from upstairs. Cooper takes off his jacket and puts it on her. Upstairs, Barbara finds a pair of pants and changes out of her skirt. Downstairs, Ben asks how the daughter got hurt. Helen says one of those people bit her on the arm. Ben kind of sighs and grabs a door. Then he looks at Sarah, looks at the one Sarah's on. Cooper says, what? You want this one too? Ben takes the other door but leaves the one Sarah's on. Helen says they need to get a doctor. Ben says, we're going to try. Since you aren't doing nothing, Cooper, maybe you want to look for those keys. Sad because we know exactly by the end of the movie where the keys are. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like the final gut punch, too, you know? It is, but but it's it's good, though. It's perfect. Helen asks, what keys? Cooper says, keys to the pump outside. Helen says, you mean there's a car? Cooper says, the gas pump is locked and the keys can could be anywhere. Helen rushes upstairs. Helen runs past Tom, who's going back down to the basement, and tries to ask Judy and Barbara a question but is distracted by the zombies at the window. She All she can say is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, like, I love how, like, Barbara and Judy are looking at her, and then they just, like, turn away. They're just like, okay, now you're you're of no use. <laughs> Where have you been? Yeah, so you come upstairs, and you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And they're just like, okay, okay. It's like, we haven't been crying for the past 45 minutes of this movie. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah, we could have used some fucking bodies up here, like, trying to, you know, board these things up and everything. Meanwhile, I'd rather say, oh, my God, over and over again instead of her incessantly crying. At least Judy Rose. Well, she's going to scream a little bit more, but I, it's not. It's it's she's pretty much done. Yeah, but she's she's near the end. She's about to kind of make that change, you know, but we have yeah. to get through the uh, Mr. Magruder kill first before she can yes. get there because it's got to be somebody she knows, you know. Well, I guess Uncle Reed would have been somebody she knows. Reed was already dead. That's true. That's true. Helen regains her composure, then gets to work on tossing the drawers and the furniture in the living room, looking for the keys. I didn't know what else to say, so I just call it tossing them, you know, like just kind of rummaging through them. Yeah, yeah. Ben is trying to put up a door against uh, against one of the windows and calls out for a hammer. Just then a zombie cat crashes through the window and hits the door. Judy and Barbara come running to Ben's aid, and Barbara's ready with her rifle. Tom hears the commotion and goes to help, but a zombie breaks through the window he's trying to board up, so he has his own problems to deal with. Cooper comes up from the basement to see what's happening and is shocked. He starts yelling for Helen to come down to the basement. Helen just keeps looking for the keys. Back at Ben's window, Barbara can't get a clear shot, so she runs right up to the zombie to shoot it. At Tommy's window, he's yelling to Cooper to hand him the nails and the wrench because they're out of reach. 
Cooper begrudgingly brings Tom the stuff and Tom can secure the window. Cooper says this is definitely not going to work. At Ben's window, they decide to let go of the door and have the zombie fall in so they can't because they can't get it back outside. Cooper goes to Helen and tries to drag her into the basement, but she fights him off. She throws a music box at him and he op- and it opens up and starts playing as Ben's window zombie hits the floor. <laughs> you like how I had had to name these uh, different zombies and stuff? Yeah, I love it though. I love it. Ben holds the zombie down and Bar- Barbara walks over to it. Judy Rose tells them not to shoot. It's Mr. Magruder. But Barbara caps him in the back of the fucking head. Judy screams. Barbara tells her to look at the bullet holes in his back. She didn't do that. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting what would you do where would you run where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone podcasting after dark presents seven winters alone a dystopian haunted house story by david irons available now in paperback and ebook and now back to the show Tom walks over and says, it's just like Uncle Reege. They're dead, but they're coming right for us. Cooper still doesn't believe it, even though he sees it with his own eyes. Tom and Ben pick up Mr. Magruder's, Mr. Magruder's body and toss it out the open window. Just then, a skinny shirtless zombie pops in and tries to get in. That zombie annoys me. That, that He annoys me. So that zombie uh, was actually um, a cab driver for Tom Savini. And he was like, oh, my God, you're so skinny. You look so interesting. You need to be in my movie. You need to be in it. So he cast him. And I'm with you. He looks great, but I don't like the business that the zombie's doing with the whole snake thing. Even as a kid, I kind of I mock it a little bit. Like, I kind of do it. But I don't like it because I don't know why it's doing it. But it makes sense that that guy's not an actor, you know? Yeah, and it doesn't aesthetically. It just doesn't fit the rest of the, the the rest of the other zombies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, he does look. He does look. There's something different about the design of him. I, I'd yeah, say overall. Yeah, but it's fine. But well, like with his hissing and all that too, and that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like. I feel like all the other zombies were, were extras. I mean, they of course, they cast them all from, like, Pittsburgh and shit like that in Pennsylvania. But I feel like this guy just didn't know what to do. I feel like he'd never seen a zombie movie before. He's like, I'm a yeah. snake person, right? We're, zombies are snake people, right? And then Tom Savini was like, what? Sure. Roll camera. <laughs> snake people. And then, his, you know, his AD's whispering in his ear. He's like, are you, you going to keep this? Tom's like, I don't know. Should I? And George is like, is he moving slow? And, and Tom goes, yeah. He goes, then keep it because zombies move slow. As long as he's moving slow, we're good. But, but that's all that matters. But he's yep. not. But he's not. He's like slithering. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like sl- it's a slow slither. <laughs> now, I will say what they do with the zombie is really cool and something that we, up until this point we hadn't really seen. And I'll explain yes, that. this in, is true. Yeah, and I'll explain that in one second. Um as it's standing there, Barbara shoots it in the chest multiple times. 
each time she says, is he dead? And he's like, you're all seeing this. And then she shoots him again. Is he dead? And the cool thing is, is that he's shirtless and super skinny. And that's an, an, a, like a, a, a prosthetic on his chest, which helps because he because he's so skinny, it, it actually makes him look probably even a little bit more normal. Um, but we actually see the bullet hits on skin. And dude, you know as well as I do, man, squibs are awesome. You and I both love squibs, and yeah. we both hate fucking CGI squibs. This is fucking fully practical squibs, not under a fucking shirt, and it's awesome. Looks good. Better than his snake candling. Yes. <laughs> ben yells, You're losing How's it. This? Is this zombie fied? How's this? I'm like, I'm gonna get you, Barbara. Hiss, hiss. How's this? <laughs> what, what are you acting like Chun from Remo Williams. What the fuck? <laughs> ben yells, You are losing it, girl. Barbara shoots the zombie right between the fucking eyes and says, Whatever I lost, I lost a long time ago, and I do not plan on losing anything else. You can Boom. Yeah, I love that. You can tell you can talk to me about losing it when you stop screaming at each other like a bunch of two year olds. I love how she kind of puts them in their their place like that. Yeah. Tom puts the the and I also like that like no other zombies are, are trying to enter as she's like yelling at them almost as if like, they're like, Oh, Oh, we don't, we don't want to fuck with her right now. Yeah. No, they're, they're at the back of the door. Like, Oh shit. Awkward. We're not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they start walking the other way. Yeah. <laughs> That's how zombies talk to each other. Oh yeah, of course. No, I get it. I get it. It's like whales. Yes, of course. Tom puts the bloodstained door back up into position while Judy Rose cowers in the corner. Ben mm. Ben tries to comfort her, but Barb, I love how Barb just like kind of rolls her eyes and asks how many bullets the, does the rifle hold? And then Cooper's in the back just fucking slack-jawed. Cut to a shot of the house outside and we see more zombies approaching. Back inside, Barbara is loading the rifle while everyone is hammering and boarding up windows. Cooper still refuses to help, but then he hears the TV upstairs and goes to check it out. He finds the old black and white TV Ben and Tom turned on earlier. It's actually broadcasting now instead of just the emergency text on screen. The news anchor is reading reports and trying to disseminate information about what people should and shouldn't do and what's happening. Of course, he's getting conflicting reports and theories. The re- the reporter and Cooper scoff at some of the theories. Then they both sober up when a report from a biologist in California says that the bodies of the recently dead are returning to life. Of course, he says the CDC in Atlanta rejects the theory, and then Cooper smiles. He feels vindicated right there. The reporter goes on about a possible germ, but Cooper unplugs the TV and takes it downstairs. He brings it to the living room, by, but he, and he's kind of standing by the basement door, but he's, you can tell he's not trying to go down there. And Ben just fucking attacks him, saying the TV stays upstairs. They fight over the TV, and it falls down the basement stairs and breaks. Ben screams uh, that Cooper was taken into the basement, but Cooper yells that he wasn't. They get in a physical fight, and while Ben is holding Cooper down, he says, I wasn't taking it downstairs! You can't get any reception in the basement, dickhead! And even as a kid, I was like, that's when I realized, like, oh, like, Ben isn't always right, and Cooper isn't always wrong. Agreed. I mean, it is a moment where, like, it dawned on me, too. I'm like, yeah, clearly he's not taking it downstairs. But but, but Ben but then, can't see that. He's so angry. Yeah. He's so angry at him, and, and, you know, they don't, they have a terrible relationship up to this point. 
So uh, it makes sense that they would tussle and rest in peace TV. Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Black and white TV. You lived a long life. Yeah. <laughs> you actually had a pretty good run. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I say that all the time now, and it's always a reference to you on Two Dollar Late Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, Justin Barbara unlocks the back door, the back kitchen door, and goes outside. Tom sees her and gets everyone's attention. Uh, this breaks up the fight. Outside, zombies are starting to show up in the backyard, coming out of the woods. Everyone meets Barbara, and she asks if the zombie she killed earlier, the one that's on the ground, is Uncle Reege, and if he might have the keys in his pocket. I like how, so now, at this point, moving forward, I think Judy Rose is fully, you know, in, you know she's, she's cool now. Uh, she pushes past them and yes. starts looking through his pockets. And think about it, too. That's like her, you know, boyfriend, husband's uncle. Like, she knows the guy, but she gets to work. She does what she's got to do. Uh, and Barbara stands guard with a rifle. And then Helen kind of joins Judy in the search. As Barbara is scanning the zombies, she sees the very first one that killed Johnny. And then she takes aim and shoots it, killing it with one shot to the head. She then says to Ben, we can get away. But Ben says it's too dangerous. He says they can't with Cooper's kid injured, but Barbara says they'll bring back help. The zombies get closer and Barbara drops another one. She says to Ben, you know I'm right. We can walk right by them. Just then, Judy Rose finds the keys on Uncle Reege. Ben says that the gas is still their best chance. They all rush back inside as ghouls are almost on them. I got tired of writing zombies so many times. They're all dead. They're all messed up. There you go. You know what's up, buddy. I know what's up. And you know that's a reference to a, a flubbed line in the original film. He flubbed that line in the original film, and then they sort of homage it in this one. Yeah, because it's... It's historical now. It is. It's historical. That's you're right. You are a hundred percent correct. It is. It's historical. Back inside, Helen goes to the basement to check on Sarah. She's still on the table asleep. Or is she dead? Actually, she's probably fucking dead. Yeah, at this point. Upstairs, Tom looks out the front window towards the barn and sees the gas pump. There are a bunch of zombies between them and their goal. Ben tells Barbara he wants her to stay inside while he and Tom go to the pump. Barbara protests, but Ben says he doesn't want any locked doors between him and Cooper. He needs Barbara to guard the house. He says the only way he's going outside is if Barbara is going to keep things straight. Ben yells to Tom, they're going. Judy Rose runs up to Tom and says she's going too. Somebody's got to drive, somebody's got to do the gas, and somebody's got to ride shotgun. They need three people. Tom agrees and says, her daddy's got trucks. She's been driving since she was little. Ben agrees. He's wrapping a, he's kind of like wrapping a cloth around a broken table leg, too. So he's going to create a torch with it. Which comes into play often in a very funny way. Yeah. Ben looks out the window and says he can't tell how many of them are on the porch. Then in mid-sentence, a hand breaks the, through the glass and grabs Adam between the wood boards, you know, the fortification and everything. Um, Ben breaks free and Barbara sticks the gun out the window and drops the zombie. Ben and his team are at the front door ready to go. He gives everyone their jobs and he just kind of says what everyone should be doing. Uh, then sticks the torch in the fire and lights it. He yells heads up and Barbara opens the door and Ben runs out swinging, baby. And the zombies really don't react to the fire like they did in the original night. 
they don't really seem to be bothered by it all that much. Yeah, not as much. And I feel like that that of all the tropes that I think can be dropped, the whole zombies being scared of fire thing, I never quite understood, you know? Yeah, that seems like more like a Frankenstein thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it seems like it seems like a holdover from like the original film, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. It's it 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 definitely is. Yeah, in my opinion. Outside, there is one old zombie. Uh, did you notice him? Like he's in the middle. He's like an old guy, but he's got a very exaggerated big face, <laughs> big eyes. Yeah, big face guy and big eyes. You know who I'm talking yes. about? Yes, I do. Of course, he's I do. He's like fucking dead center too. You can't miss him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, outside, he, he does a lot. That guy does a lot of acting, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Outside, he, he acts hard. He does. He acts super hard. Outside, Ben keeps the zombie at bay with his torch, while Tom gets uh, into the back of the pickup truck, and Judy gets in the driver's seat. One zombie gets by them and tries to get in the front door, but Ben hears Barbara yelling. Inside, Cooper is drag- dragging Helen into the basement, while Barbara tries to close the door. Helen breaks free from Cooper to help Barbara, but the zombie grabs her. Helen. Oh, Helen, you're trying. At least you're trying. Poor Helen. She tries hard. She does. She really fucking tries hard in this movie, and it just yep. not doesn't really work out for her. Ben runs back to the porch and pulls the zombie out of the door, sending him over the railing. He then lights another zombie on fire. And he it kind of lights the house a little bit on fire and he kind of has to smack it out. And I almost feel like that was actually Tony Todd doing that, you know, like it was a mistake. Meanwhile, homeowner again, she's like, Oh my god, what are you doing to my house? And Tom's like, Don't hey, Hollywood. Hollywood. You're gonna be famous. Hollywood famous. Hollywood. This is Hollywood, baby. I don't have insurance. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Shh. It's okay. Judy is trying to get the truck started the whole time. Ben keeps the zombies at bay with his torch until the until the engine finally turns over and Judy punches it in reverse, then starts driving up the hill towards the, the barn. Ben tries to jump in the back of the truck, but it, it's going too fast. He does toss his torch in the back before, uh, you know, before he gets sort of thrown off. And that's a good thing, right? It's good to have the lit torch in the back of the truck. That's not going to yeah. be a problem later at all. No. Right by a gas tank. Nah. 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 Inside the oh house, God. Cooper, Helen, and Barbara are watching. Cut back to the speeding truck, and Ben is launched off the back as Judy Rose takes a tight turn. Tom yells at her to stop, but the window's up and she doesn't hear him. They make it to the pump. Ben recovers and starts running towards them from down the hill. Judy rolls down the window and Tom tells her that that they lost Ben. She says, what? Why didn't you tell me? Tom tells her to go back and pick him up while he unlocks the pump. He starts fiddling with the keys and unfortunately, they are the wrong keys. And Tom gets frustrated. He pulls his shotgun and shoots shoots the lock with his shotgun. This spray yeah. this sprays gas all over the torch and the back of the truck, and the whole thing explodes, killing Tom and Judy. Ben sees this, and so does everybody in the house. Man, even as a kid, I was like, no, like every time, man, I'm like, I'm always rooting for fucking Tom and Judy to make it. Yeah, it's just a bonehead move, and you're like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? No. And even Ben says that as Tom's about to shoot because he's kind of close oh, enough. Yeah. He can see he's like, he's like, Tom, no, what are you doing? Yep. Yep. Damn it. But they but in a weird way, I feel like it's oddly realistic because he's just Tom's just frantic and frustrated and scared. And he's just like, fuck it. You know, well, he's a dumb kid. And, yeah. and if 
if uh, the if Ben hadn't thrown his torch in the back of the truck and that would have been fine. It just would have sprayed gas all over the. That wouldn't have been. A, yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. It's just a an escalating errors basically. Yes, and proof that people are stupid. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cooper tells Helen, "I want you in the cellar. There's nothing we can do." Barbara tells Helen, "I to, want you in the cellar." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What did you say? <laughs> Um, in the cellar. Do you want breakfast for lunch? He puts the lotion on the skin or he gets the hose again. I, I want you to cellar. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> Dude, oh. I had to watch Clerks 2 the other day, and that movie fucking sucks. But the best yeah. part of it is when Jay does the fucking uh, the dance, you know? It's the only best. Yeah, that, that's when that's when that, sh- that movie's gold is when Jay and Silent Bob are in it. Yeah, and they're not in it that much, which is weird. Nope. They're, it's not a, they're not in it a lot. But him, he, but fucking Jason Mewes does the full tuck and everything. It's wild. Yep. Oh, man. I love Jason Mewes. Me too. So... Barbara does tell uh, Barbara does tell Helen to to go down into the basement. She says she's going to try to go to town and find help. Uh, Helen kind of re- reluctantly agrees. Uh, Barbara smashes out a window and starts shooting zombies. Outside, Ben is fighting a horde of zombies hand to hand. And this is when these three zombies is when he does like a roll, a sweep kick, a, a, a down punch, and then like the 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 you know the Tim Burton Batman backhanded punch you know thing that he does and guys and gals i love this movie with all of my heart but you can tell and i could tell when i was 12 years old that tony todd is nowhere close to connecting with him dare i say this is some og captain kirk star trek fighting shit right here yeah you cue the dun 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 it's almost like the only thing he doesn't do is the double fist club punch that Kirk always did, you know? (laughs) But, oh, man, even watching it now, man, I'm like, yikes. (laughs) Well, there's a couple moments where he pulls a zombie down to the ground. Yeah. Kind of on top of him. I'm like, man, that's risky. That's risky. Inside, Helen goes to the basement, but she doesn't see Sarah on the table. Upstairs, Barbara is shooting zombies trying to cover Ben as he makes his way to the house. In the basement, Helen sees Sarah walk up to her, but she's a zombie. Sarah attacks Helen, biting her on the neck, causing blood to spray on the wall and like hitting that that gardening tool, which is a reference to the original movie mm-hmm. where the daughter actually stabs the mom with that gardening tool. And, and these are the homages that I like. It's not like in your face or anything, but it's like, oh, there you go. If you know what it is, if you know it, you know it, you know? Yeah. Outside, Ben is fighting off the whole horde of zombies to get back inside. In the house, Cooper walks up behind Barbara and tells her he wants her gun. She tells him to go to hell. He grabs the gun and she tries to fight him, but the zomb- but like then zombies reach through the, the fortification and they grab Barbara. Ben gets to the front door and it's locked. He yells for Cooper, but the door doesn't open. Inside, Cooper is still trying to get the gun from Barbara as Barbara is pinned to the wall by the zombie hands. And it's fucking awesome. She's pinned to the wall and she's still holding on to the fucking gun. Fucking yeah, Cooper. Yeah, because she's a badass. That's right. Around back, a zombie accidentally rips a cord uh, and, and kills the power to the house. 
Inside, Cooper and Barbara wrestle, and she breaks free of the zombies, but Cooper grabs her gun. She swings him around into the zombie arms, and he's pinned there with the gun in his hands. And I always love this shot as it's slowly dollying in towards Cooper, and he's in like like hands are just smacking him in the face, and he's trying to scream in between the hands hitting him. I've always thought this was such an effective shot. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> so, guys and gals, sometimes I look at the camera. Zach's like, oh, you're waiting for me to respond. I agree. I mean, yeah, I was kind of hoping he'd get bit. but Or like get his like fucking like cheek ripped. I, I, hey, here's one. If there was now remade again, I bet you like a zombie would stick its fingers into like its his mouth and kind of like rip his like face meat or something, you know? Yep. Yep. Or if it was like a zany zombie movie he would bite its fingers off. You know what I mean? Exactly. And <laughs> spit the fingers out and yep. fingers would have maggots inside them. Yep. They would throw up on top of it. <laughs> exactly. That'd be cool. <laughs> and then a zombie would come a zombie dog would come over and start licking up the throw up. I mean, dude, this is gold right here, baby. This is yep. fucking gold. <laughs> Uh, he finally gets free and then he's a fucking idiot. The first time he has a fucking gun and then he gets free and then he starts fucking shooting wildly at the, the door, the window, you know, doesn't blows kill his, his load, blows his load, doesn't kill a single fucking one of them. Yep. Blows his load. Absolutely. Barbara runs to the front door and lets Ben in. A cop zombie tries to get in behind them, but they fight to keep him out as Cooper reloads his rifle. Yep. They, their one move. This is their move. They let him in to beat him to death. Like they could, if they can't get him out, you let him in and then you beat him to death. Yeah, I mean it's kind of smart. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, they go to the, they go to grab his gun as Cooper walks past them to go to the basement. At this point, he's not trying to kill them or anything. Cooper stops in his tracks, then backs up as a zombie Sarah walks past him. Ben tells Cooper to shoot it, shoot it, man shoot it but he can't sarah walks towards ben and ben aims the gun but cooper screams no and shoots ben barbara gets another gun free from the dead cop and shoots sarah cooper aims at barbara but ben shoots him and then cooper runs up the stairs to the second floor ben chases him but cooper fires another round into him as he and then runs and hides upstairs ben is too hurt to give chase Barbara says, this is madness. Ben uses his last bit of strength to shoot a zombie right behind Barbara in the doorway. Upstairs, we see a wounded Cooper go into the attic and lock himself in. Downstairs, Barbara pleads with Ben to come with her, but he's too hurt. She says she'll bring help if she can and reluctantly leaves Ben. Ben makes his way into the cellar as zombies break into the house from all the boarded up windows. And, you know, it's like you see this and you're like, well, and like all the windows crumble, everything. And you're like, well, I mean, Cooper wasn't wrong in that regard. And by the way, by the fucking way, how much better and how much smarter would it have been instead of going in the cellar, everyone just goes up into the attic because it's one of those attics where you you pull the drawstring down, you pull the, the ladder down, then you go up and you pull the drawstring back up. They wouldn't they wouldn't be able to get to you just as much as they wouldn't be able to get to you in the basement either. Yep. I mean, we find out that which one works better. Exactly. Outside, Barbara walks past some zombies, then sees a horde e- eating Tom and Judy's burnt bodies. Man, and this is the first time you actually see them like fall and eat the bodies and everything, and it's 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 yeah. gnarly. 
It's it's tame by today's standards. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, behind her, an old lady zombie holding a doll tries to get her, but Barbara kind of pushes her away and kind of circles, and the zombie's trying to, like, follow her. It's it's it's. I actually really love this little scene. Barbara's, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. Barbara's distraught. The zombie makeup on the lady's great. You know, it's freaky because she's, like, holding, like, a, a doll and everything. Um, but And then I also like it. She's like a dog. Like, she's trying to, like, get to... to Barbara, Barbara's kind of like walking in circles, but then I like how the zombie just gets frustrated. It's like, ah, and then it opens its eyes and Barbara fucking just shoots it right in the head, you know, and kind of screams. I was hoping to see more of a, the beyond like brain shot with the skull exploding in the back. Yeah. Un- yeah. Unfortunately, knowing that the, you know, the MPAA, you know, n- neutered this. Yeah, exactly. Big time. And and by the way, the beyond that fucking brain shot, that's a fucking classic right there. That's fucking history. <laughs> yeah, that's history. <laughs> that's history, baby. Yep. Did Goblin do that soundtrack too? I feel like they did. Um Or, or are we just assuming that because it's Fulci? No, I feel like they No, they didn't. They did not. Okay. Okay. They did not. I feel like the guy who did the music for the Beyond also did the music for. Oh God, uh, another big Italian horror film. Um, right now, David is driving off the road, unfortunately, yelling at us. <laughs> you guys, well, you're gonna cut all this because uh, I'm gonna look it up right now. Fabio Frizzi. Yeah, Fabio Frizzi. Oh, okay. And what what else did he do? Oh shit! I mean, he's done so many. Uh, it's funny because they're like, "Oh, he's known for Kill Bill." No, he's <laughs> way before that. I mean, he's done every Italian horror film you could think of. He did Cat in the Brain. He did uh, Pieces. He did Manhattan Baby. He, uh, you know, these are all Fulci movies. So, City of the Living Dead. I would love that. Contraband. Movie. Contraband's badass, by the way. If you've never seen that, you should check it out. And you know what? Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know what? What I, what it was, why I was getting that stuck in my head is because Goblin did do the soundtrack for Dawn of the Dead, aka Zombie. Zombie Two is the sound is 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 Zombie. You know. Yeah. In, here in the states. Yeah. So I, that that was my confusion. But you're right. Like, yeah, Fabio Fritzi was the was the was the composer for Zombie, okay. aka Zombie Two. Gotcha. There you go. There you go. And that's one to grow on. And everybody from the beginning of the episode where they're like, no, 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 no. Now you can be like, oh, okay, you got it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, we probably had a couple people drive off the the road yelling at us. It's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Fair enough. Yeah. In the cellar, Ben sees the blood on the wall. Then Helen comes shambling out of the darkness and Ben puts a bullet in her head. Upstairs and all around the house, zombies have taken over. Ben sits at a workbench in the basement and turns on the radio. There's an emergency broadcast uh, saying that people should stay put and don't attempt to reach the the rescue stations. The news also confirms that the bodies of the recently dead are being reactivated by forces as yet unknown. Ben laughs and says, you got that right. He then puts a cigarette in his mouth, but before he lights it, he sees a key on a hook, and it's labeled pump. 
He spits out his cigarette and laughs as the scene fades to black. So I, I, actually, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's 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 heart wrenching. It's gut wrenching, you know. Yep, it really is. It was down there the whole fucking time, almost like in Black Christmas, how she's in the the attic the whole time. Totally. Yeah, that that works. Yeah, right. <laughs> I saw your look on your face. You're like, I saw it like processed. You're like, hey. Corey actually made a good connection right there. <laughs> Corey makes good points. <laughs> Once in a blue moon. Outside, Barbara is still making her way through the countryside. She finds a truck and checks the cab for keys. She doesn't find any and makes her way around back. Someone shoots a gun and she screams, don't shoot, as she dives into the bed of the truck and into a pile of bodies, including her brother Johnny. He has a bullet wound in his head, so he must have come, you know he came back as well, you know, which is sad. Barbara sits up screaming, and a redneck hunter guy grabs her from behind, then a bunch more show up. The leader says, what in the name of Jupiter's balls are you doing out here alone, little lady? I can do that one. I can do that. Yeah, do that's the, pretty good. What does it say that's... about me that I can do the redneck? Oh, fine. <laughs> it says a lot. <laughs> You, in a good what is, way. What is the what is the Jeff Foxy worthy? You know you're a redneck when you can do the redneck impersonation perfectly. If you got a car on your lawn with no wheels on it, you might be a redneck. <laughs> if, if, if you say, "What in the name of Jupiter's balls are you doing out here alone, little lady?" You might be a redneck. Ding 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 ding. Uh, and then I like the little move where like the guy holding Barbara kind of like like raises his eyebrows and she just like fucking hits like slugs him with her with her elbow, you know. Yeah, it's a little bit of humor. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. The next day, uh, Barbara wakes up in the passenger seat of a Jeep. A helicopter is overhead and a lot of people in cars are gathered like in a field kind of area. Uh, Barbara looks around at all the commotion. She sees a biker gang fighting zombies in a makeshift ring. She gets out of the Jeep to explore. Side note, yeah. I think the bikers on bikers were the, the homage to Dawn of the Dead. And there's a there's a dude who kinda looks like Tom Savini in there too, but it's not it's not him. I absolutely feel that that biker gang was an homage to Dawn of the Dead because even it had like the the tri wheel motorcycle too, which I think was in like one of them had in there as well. Mm -hmm. I absolutely yeah. think that that's that's what that was. She gets out of the Jeep and exp uh, to explore and walks past a news crew interviewing a sheriff, and that's when the guy's like, yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. And uh, that was uh, uh, the guy who played Johnny in the original movie, which is uh, John Russo, Joe Russo. Yeah. Yeah, that was him. All around her, people seem to be having fun. She sees people using zombies hanging from trees as target practice and says, they're us. We're them, and they're us. One of the rednecks hears her and says, say what? Barbara says nothing. She says having fun, but the redneck kind of like laughs and like kind of scoffs and walks off, you know. Later that day, Barbara and a massive posse of rednecks arrive at the farmhouse and start burning the bodies they shoot. They have a giant pile of bodies like that they're burning. Barbara makes her way into the house where two guys are using a chainsaw to cut through the cellar door. They cut through the barricade and a zombified Ben walks out of the darkness. He looks directly at Barbara, and one of the guys shoots him in the head with the M16, and Ben slumps over dead. It's kind of a uh, uneventful, quick way 
to exit like the hero yeah quote unquote of the movie it's a bummer yeah and it's good makeup on him you know a zombie makeup on oh yeah on him uh barbara leans against the door frame and all of a sudden a hand reaches out and grabs her it's cooper and he's alive he says you came back you came back and i love the look in barbara's face because i you can just feel it she fucking like just furious eyes of fire she fucking pulls his, her gun up and puts one right between his fucking eyes. And I'm glad that we get a really good meaty back uh, exit wound on this one. And I, I like it because he's alive. You know what I mean? So there's more. I would think that they, his, uh, you know, shooting him would be a lot more chunkier than shooting somebody who was dead and there's no f- blood flowing going through their body or anything. Yeah, I feel like the MPAA was like, okay, you get one brain shot. We're going to let you have one. Which one do you want? Tom's like this one. Yeah. And that was the right choice too, because it's so satisfying. Barbara walks outside and looks at the people having fun, burning the dead bodies. And she kind of looks disgusted at humanity and the credits roll over some snapshots of the day as people are burning the bodies and a real kind of cool shot of Barbara's eyes and everything as if it was like a reporter from the news, you know, taking pictures or something homage to the original yep exactly and roll credits and that is tom savini's night of the living dead 1990 remake and there you go we find it only took us two and a half hours but we got it right i knew it i sorry i had a brain fart guys i had a brain fart it happens. It, it happens it sometimes, happens. especially when you get and old. <laughs> th- this is and this is me not looking any of that shit up on IMDb, and yeah. it was just like I, I, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude. Uh, so what? What'd you think of the movie? Would you fun? Fun to watch again. Go trip down memory lane to to reminisce on seeing that movie in the theater. I remember in the theater, um, I was more like taken aback or shocked by certain moments. Watching it now, I wasn't shocked, but it was just more entertaining overall. Yeah, I loved it. I love being able to watch it again. Um, I totally get why you love this movie the way you do. Uh, and, and and the shortcomings are short enough that they don't ruin the movie for you at all, in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if, like, if 2021 is, like, your first time watching it. I don't know how well some of the tropes would hold up. Because I, at this point, you know, a lot of it is just old tropes that we all sort of know and everything. And like you said, if you juxtapose or put it next to, um, you know, walking dead and that's a, that's a TV show. And the violence on that thing is exponentially higher than this. I just don't know like how this would connect with like younger people or whatever, but, or first time viewers. But if you have a fondness for this film, if you, if you remember it, you know, if you, if you liked it back in the day, but haven't seen in a while, I highly recommend rewatching it. Um, I, I love it still. I, I it's still going to be the the movie I, a movie that I watch every Halloween. It's one of the movies that I watch. I pop it in the background when I carve my pumpkin. I have the, I usually have this. I, I start with Halloween. So my tradition is whenever I carve pumpkins, I start with John Carpenter's Halloween, and then I do that. I put that on, and then I this will be the second one, and then keep like sort of decorating and stuff like that. These are like those are like the two movies that I fucking always have to put together to get into the Halloween mood. So, in in even more of a testimony to how much I love this film, I just watched it, you know, today and yesterday, and breaking it down, and it took me a fucking like 
a long time to fucking break this thing down. I will probably watch it again before Halloween this year. Wow. That's how much I love it. Wow. And I love Patricia Tallman. I still have the hugest fucking crush on her so yes you do. <laughs> i do i do so well you can tell her that if we ever get her on the show i i hope we do that would be freaking awesome and tony Todd too like, that'd be awesome this interview uh is over because <laughs> i listened to the episode and you guys are trash <laughs> <laughs> jk we're not we rule you know what else rules tutor leafy what you got going over there buddy but you got uh you got some uh cynthia rothrock i think this month right so um this wednesday big surprise we are going to do a live show wednesday morning on youtube live uh wednesday morning following the airing of this episode uh 10 a.m we're going to be interviewing gabe jarrett the lead actor from real genius mitch in real genius he's coming in studio uh he's been on the show before but we're doing a little bit more interactive stuff with him uh, this time around and he really he said once the pandemic gets a little bit better I would love to come in the studio with you guys and <laughs> well the pandemic got a little bit better and he's coming in the studio so we got Gabe Jarrett uh, this week and the week of the airing of this episode um, and then next month we're going to be doing a month-long Cynthia Rothrock what are you, Ninja-vember? I don't know. We haven't figured out what we're going to call it yet. Cool. But, but <laughs> we're going to be breaking down, or not breaking down, we're going to be discussing a very uh, a very recent movie. We're having a huge contest, huge contest with that. Um, some big-time giveaways. So check us out on our Instagram, uh, and you'll get more details there. But but if you're listening to this on, a two, on the day it comes out, go check out uh, Gabe's interview. In the studio with yeah. Dustin and me the next day. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. And uh, just this morning, Zach and I interviewed Dee Dee Pfeiffer from, uh, you all know and love her from Vamp. We know and love her from Vamp. But uh, she's, yeah. she's also in, she's also on a very pivotal episode of Seinfeld called The Odd. Uh, called the opposite yeah it's the opposite uh, and it's when george decides to do everything the opposite i don't know why i just had a brain fart right there you know sometimes when words come out of your mouth you're like that doesn't sound right but then it actually was so it's a brain fart episode it is a brain fart episode so it's because we're fucking recording on a wednesday we normally do it on a tuesday i know our <laughs> mojo's all messed up i know it's weird it's weird what one day we'll do but uh Dee, Dee pfeiffer was just an absolutely beautiful soul she was, she was so great yeah. she was so sweet so bubbly so uh, candid too. so candid we talked talked about everything we talked about everything from vamp to seinfeld to ghosts and ufos it was a lot of fun and we hope you all check it out when that episode drops uh, i think we'll probably be dropping it in about a month or so i think we have the tony yep. odell one coming up first um but we might uh, move things around because we also have dan shorn in the can as well we might move dd pfeiffer bump up and then maybe you know we'll see what happens we'll see where we go yeah. with things um, but we got some really good interviews in the can. Like I said, Dan Shore, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, Tony O'Dell. Uh, those are all coming out within the next few months. And we, we Those all came out within about a week of, of themselves. So uh, it's been a busy time interview-wise yeah. with Pad, but we're rolling into uh, the, the end of this year in a really big way. I think so. So, yeah, and there will be more to come, obviously. Obviously. So, can't can't stop, your won't appetite. stop. <laughs> nope. So check out our Patreon for that. Uh, specifically and uh 
my God, uh, we have the highest tier of Patreon where you can pick a movie. We have a movie being chosen as we speak, right? Yeah, uh, by our pal Crystal, our, our executive Crystal. producer, Crystal. She has another movie for us. She picked um, our Monster Squad last month, and uh, she has another one that she wants us to do. So we will be covering that one uh, next month. So thank you, uh, Crystal, yep. for that. And, uh, you know, thank you to everybody who signed up to our Patreon. We appreciate every single one of you all. You all keep the lights on at, at Podcast After Dark. And we also have a big, big thing coming from uh, David. We are David Irons. We are publishing one of his books, uh, his latest novel, Seven Winters Alone. By the time you hear this, it will be coming out this month. Zach and I have copies in our hands to kind of like proof and look at and everything. We're kind of still tweaking it. But Seven Winters Alone by David Irons will be coming out this month under the Podcasting After Dark banner slash imprint, you know, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's an awesome partnership. It's something we've been working on for over a year now it's 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 been take it's taken a while but you know everything good comes comes in time so yeah and i will tell you i i had a chance to read a little bit of it before uh the, the other day i was so excited when it came in the mail yeah. i was like oh cool i want to check this out if you don't if you haven't checked out david iron's books yet i we highly recommend you do because he's a fantastic writer Obviously, we wouldn't hang out with him if he wasn't fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's really talented. He really is, sincerely. And he's a really good guy. And, um, and you know, if you can support up-and-coming new artists like us, like him, please do so if you can. Uh, Seven Winters Alone is, is a really good read. I, I just started it and I uh, was already, like, riveted by it. So uh, it's a perfect book for the season. And... Um, Man, the covers kick ass by uh, Suspiria. Yeah, right? Suspiria uh, Land on on Instagram. Yep. Our our pal Suspiria Land on Instagram. She's fantastic. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna have all the details, everything. You know, check out our Instagram page. Follow us there. That's where we'll put everything, and and we'll probably start putting some ads on the show and whatnot. And it'll be available for purchase uh, by the end of the month. So and, yep. and yep. proceeds go to us and David and everything. So it'll be another way for you to support the show and support David and support artists. So for our yeah, because guess what? The more you support, the more we're gonna put out. That's right. That's wow, funny that how that happens, really right? Interesting. Dirty and but yet true. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> Fabio Frizzi. Fabio Frizzi. And as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. Hello! La la!
la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.